Damn, it's hot takes time. Whoops, nobody can see us. Let me throw up that screensaver oh. and probably turn this audio down. Oh, Welcome to Hot Takes. Ognos, you can now go ahead and light up your camera. I've fixed the screensaver. Welcome back, everybody. And he must not be listening. If you hear me, there he is. Welcome back, guys, to Hot Takes. Uh, it has been just over a month, but we are back. You thought you could keep us down. You prayed on our downfall, but nope, we're back. <laughs> me and my boy. I'm Young Shiro, Vaporwave DJ, and that's Skeleton Lipstick. Hello. And if you don't know who Skeleton Lipstick is, he's an OG that's been around for a long time making vapor and vapor-adjacent genre-bending music, promoting, and uh, and throwing shows and DJing as well. So to all newcomers, welcome to you OGs. Thank you for being here. Uh, we want to especially uh, thank uh, Indie Advent for all of his help uh, with the show thank as you. well. Broadcast was made possible with the help of Indie Advent and Utopia District. Go ahead and pin his, not pin, but but plug his socials. Um, just a couple things. Uh, commands, exclamation point follow, give us a follow. Exclamation point Skelly, follow Skelly. Exclamation point Shiro, follow me. Exclamation point Discord, jump on our Discord server. We talk about all kinds of stupid shit, and we have lots of fun. I really hope that link works. I think I updated it the other day. Uh, exclamation point Spotify, we got a brand new playlist we got a lot of playlists actually including an, a recently updated official playlist but we've got a special playlist courtesy of mr 3d blast mr 3d blasts i believe it is called cursed with sonic attitude mix <laughs> 50 plus tracks of uh of just great sega music and, and just booty bouncing crowd pleasing bangers so check out that playlist and then last but not least uh Skelly and I pay for everything uh, to get this show going. We don't make any money off of this show. If you feel like donating, all those donations go straight towards commissioning artists for the the artwork and um, and and just equipment upgrades. You know, so if you feel like donating, every little dollar is appreciated, and it's not mandatory, but it means a lot. Before we get into the show tonight, I want to just uh, remind everybody to keep me in the know about uh, audio levels. If music's too loud, if you know, uh, Skelly's too quiet, whatever, if our guest, you know, you can't hear him or, you know, everything's panned to the left, please let me know so I can fix it. And of course, follow us on socials and check us out on YouTube and podcasting services after the episode. Before we get into um, recommendations, uh, if you don't know Ognos, man, you got you got a rare treat tonight. Ognos has his uh, appendages dipped in just about every single form of art there is in the scene. A multimedia friend... artist I refer there to you go I would use that phrase to describe Ognos a friend to many uh, especially myself as a fellow member of the Rosewood crew Ognos is a DJ an accomplished DJ who's uh, mixed alongside the likes of Fantacat uh, I want to say he played Crystal Nostalgia really recently Groovy Kaiju and All Hell Breaks Loops event out in LA um, a very accomplished photographer uh, who's done a lot of iconic photos that you may not know that Ognos did but uh, iconic uh, concert photographer plus also uh, you know been making music for a lot longer than you think but but recently released on I think it was Pacific Plaza correct me if I'm wrong uh, recent album so was, um, uh... thanks for the plug Naoko there's the band camp follow and and buy Ognos's new uh, drum and bass uh, vapor breaks album very like like solar wave infused uh, solid material thanks Lux Gilded Sentience. There we go. Check it out, guys. Um, I'm gonna start with a couple other wrecks that aren't about uh, tonight's. Also, guest. he was a you forgot he was a previous podcast uh, poster to the also remember with with Indy and what? Uh, 
Tony. I didn't realize yeah, he was for, involved with that. Whoops. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, what was? Oh my god. Now I'm gonna kill myself. The magazine. Uh. Oh my god. Private suite. <laughs> Thank you. Private you guys got to stop putting so you me. You remember that uh, him and uh, Tony and uh, Indy. Yeah. A private suite podcast. I mean, all the good people. Actually, yeah, which I used to listen to like every episode of that. I would listen to every episode of that oh, podcast. Yeah. Honestly, I no. was not that very was good. Favorite, that's actually suite. that was my that was my favorite vaporwave. Damn uh, editor! I didn't know that. Media. Okay, for thanks, media or, or that was my favorite um, vaporwave form of media i wouldn't even just say podcast i always enjoyed listening to that i need to get my game up but that's really cool um this fella can't stop grinning so we better move on to another topic but that's really cool thank you for keeping me in the know uh pacific plaza you guys know i have the memory of a goldfish so you'll forgive me that um want to start with a few recommendations that are not our current guest um in uh typical uh typical Isaac fashion. I'm going to recommend two Vaporwave albums and one Vapor Adjacent album. Um, you can thank me later, John Zobelli, because two of these albums are on Business Casual. And I also want to especially shout out Luxury Elite, my partner, for keeping me tuned in to good material. Uh, there's an artist called Mirai Cult that released a really short mini album on Business Casual, and it's like Vapor, like I don't know. It doesn't really fit handily in any one category. It's like it's it's got some classic samples, but it's just a lot more polished sounding than a lot of classic vapor. And um, Mirai Cult had a, a track or two that was just really like just peaceful, really restful sounding that I discovered um, mostly thanks to um, uh, the uh, the business casual wait, wait comps. Yeah. The album's called Xanagrams, y'all. Here's the link. Um, but anyways, uh, I kind of fell off and um eventually checked it back out again thanks to lux who uh who put me onto a really good track after i had kind of written them off i just didn't hear the right tracks and then she she showed me the way she removed the blinders from my eyes so if you like vaporwave that's like just really gentle sounding kind of an evolution of classic vapor check out xanagrams by mirai cult uh and then i also want to recommend another um album and in fact there's a song from it playing in the show right now have you heard the new cyan blue because if you haven't you really need to hear cyanotype i mean obviously i ride hard for the guy and the asshole's probably not even tuned in right now but you know what <laughs> he did it again y'all if you like efficient vapor chops and and maybe maybe you like future funk maybe you don't but but this one is definitely a lot gentler and a lot more like sensual than um Scientology was uh it's more great 80s r&b and and um quiet storm flips and chops but but a little bit more of an emphasis on the quiet as opposed to the um you know the the dancey like like um you know city pop type vibe check out cyanotype by cyan blue it's definitely worth it um and then in classic uh, young shiro fashion i want to throw out a wreck um for an album that i really really like that's not vaporwave but vapor adjacent and that's uh a thanks for the donation roche a um no format album guy that does lo-fi house but with kind of a like a dark kind of gritty like nighttime like street creeping type vibe and the album's called 2017 if you like four on the floor beats if you like dark kind of gritty 
sounds uh, and you want to hear like something that's that's kind of like retro and independent with some kind of like left field like degraded sound palettes you got to check out 2017 by no format um it's uh it's both like i said dance floor ready but also great for just vibing out you know and thank you naoko i think the album cover is dank as well those are my recommendations for tonight check them out and we got skelly with a hot take right so i guess the hot take tonight should be having to do with the fact that electronicon just happened and yeah buddy uh, it's possible that that might be the last one so is this a good thing or is this a sad thing and let's think about this for a second um the one thing i can say is that uh, I have been seeing more and more bigger vaporwave events start popping up recently. Not even just the shows or the dance parties, but you know these festivals like Midwest Aesthetic. Um, yeah, you know, I buddy. remember watching the footage from the. I didn't go to the first one, obviously, but I'm, I'm playing the second one. And I remember seeing the footage from that in Madison and just seeing the huge turnout for that, and that being very, very impressed by the fact that you know did not have to rely on this just being a show or being a party but sort of just selling the concept of multiple artists playing and it actually working and now with flamingo fest coming up tickets are moving quickly for that so the hot take is um maybe we don't need electronicon anymore maybe we can do this maybe more people can do this themselves too and the more they do these sort of you know lower mid-level sort of festival things the more people it becomes a proven thing that people can do it and the more other people can set up their own and you know can figure out other ways to all get together and meet each other and maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that george wants to take a break and then maybe it doesn't mean that that's right. less electronic but maybe he will take a break for a little bit after that so a hot take is not necessarily a bad thing you know what i mean right i'm not sure what everybody else thinks I mean, you you throw shows. I don't. I definitely think throwing festivals is probably a goddamn nightmare. Um, and I recall, I believe, hearing or maybe he mentioned that it's not that profitable, unfortunately, either. So that yeah, plus a lot that. of the stress that he dealt with probably equals he might want to take a break for sure. But yeah. you're right, man. Um, I mean, like, we're going to play a, a Midwest Aesthetic Summer Synapse recap video at the halfway point of the episode. If you guys haven't seen it yet great work on the part of Salem uh, winter mutes partner in crime and I don't know how he put that shit together but it went off oh yeah and then yeah that's great oh and the, how was the because I didn't get to go to anything that weekend but how was the slushy fest oh dude it was great I mean honestly was it good was it a good turnout I think it was a fantastic that's a turnout. top that was a Thursday so that was a really yeah tough one. well you know I don't know if they like if they reached capacity I don't know if they met their their goal I got don't people know coming on a but, Thursday one way or another that's pretty amazing yeah Dude, there were people showing up on Wednesday. I was like, God damn, you're about to spend your whole week in New York City. Wish I could afford that shit. But yeah, some great things going on in the URL awesome. and IRL world. Um, and you're right, you know, though Electronicon will definitely be missed, it'd probably help a lot of people's pocketbooks if he did it every other year. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> other people can do it too. I mean, you throw shows, you've packed out venues. That's different, but you know. I guess we should bring on our guest and see what they think. Everybody yeah, give. You can, you can leave this into Electronicon talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we everybody else had their Electronicon recap moment. 
We want to know what Ognos thinks about that. So go ahead and unmute yourself, buddy, and everybody can see you now. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Well, we're incredibly up, excited man? to have you here. Very excited. So now that everybody knows all the wonderful things that you've done, and probably some things that I've missed, um, what do you think about what Skelly had to say? Um, so I like just from the information that I know, I feel like this might be the last Electronicon, but not the last festival. I think there could be a year off, and maybe, but I, you know, who knows at this point? I, I'm I'm just like. This is just my guess is that there could be a different festival under a different name and like yeah. say 2025 but that's just like you know wishful thinking because you know i've been to every electronic con and i really Jealous. don't want it to go away <laughs> yeah real talk well you know at the end of the day that, that's probably the most plausible thing he does it again just mm -hmm. does it does it a little differently and it's evolved anyways you know mm -hmm. so it may not I'm be a terrible idea yeah. I'm interested to see how Flamingo Fest goes. I mean, being being held at the same you know event event space that the second Electron Con was held at, right? That's interesting shoes to fill, and then um, also having two days for it in the same way that the fourth Electron Con did. You know, that's interesting as well. So I'm interested to see how that how that works. See what see what and, and, yeah, and that one is same. that is specifically only like people directly from the vaporwave scene that are are, are supporting that whole event so that's really mm -hmm. crazy yeah that's that's gonna be um i'm really excited about something i'll be there for sure because that's not man me very too. far for me only a few hours drive it's easy and, money uh, <laughs> yeah it's gonna i'm really excited about flamingo fest up in november I definitely think that what you said rings true. I think that the boys over at My Pet Flamingo and possibly Utopia mm. District as well noticed that, that George was trying to kind of attract a lot more, maybe kind of like level, not level up per se, but like bring in more adjacent acts and, and adjacent fans. And, you know, for better or for worse, I think they, they noticed that maybe there was a new target market evolving that wanted strictly vapor and took it, took advantage of that. I mean fill that need you know so i think right. that's just smart business and you know good it's good for the scene for there to be like many different not sects per se but like like collectives kind of doing their own thing you know mm -hmm. and like there's definitely been artists that i would have never discovered like yule from econ 2 i think good point that oh you like never one of my before. favorites musicians i had neither from electronic on you had neither no, I, and yeah, I actually didn't see you alive. Then. Did you see her live, I, Ognos? I caught like the last like five minutes of their set, and then like I started like listening to uh, Serotonin Two after Econ, and I'm like, wow, this is really good, because I think that album came out maybe like a week after Econ Two did uh, ended. That was a really good I, pick. She was, um, I think, like a name that like bounced around in the uh, mid 2012 in 2010s a lot. Uh, I had yeah. heard about her through Mishi Smile. I think that he oh yeah, the Zoom Lens crew. Yeah, I think he had, she had done some work with the uh, Zoom Lens, and that's she how had, I remember yeah. seeing that she popped up on the Electronic on Two lineup. And I, I assume George probably remembered her from back then too, and that that is probably how she got involved. Man, you know, I will say, even though I'm not a fan of everyone he ever brings on ever, the guy's got great taste. He's got his feet he in a lot of different scenes, and he and is. you know he. 
he's he's making calculate he's making risky but calculated moves and I you know I can't hate him for for taking risks that I would be too afraid to take you know and, and Flamingo Fest doing their first like state side show of course Utopia District is also helping them quite yeah, a bit Flamingo it's just a beautiful District. thing to see um I'm, I'm very interested to see how that how that all goes I, you know I mean, that apparently is the first day yeah. is already sold out it's already is at it? capacity. Oh, it, oh yeah. wait, 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 wait. So they sold out the two-day passes? Because the only way you can go the first day is if you get the two-day Yeah, day I pass. guess they did. You, no that one can get in on bitch. the first day, I don't think. Well, well we're cool to Let's be playing. I mean, you, you might get, like, one plus one. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that is... I better get this album done, then. All right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, the first day. before we go into, um, you know, like, just talking about you, like Skelly likes to do... Do you want to talk about any of your favorite moments over the the Electronicon weekend, or anyone that you were um, really happy to meet, or like your favorite sets? Just anything, maybe a crazy um, story. Let's see. Um, getting to meet with Neon Vectors for like the first time was kind of cool because uh, oh yeah, Neon Vectors oh, nice, kind of reached nice. out to me specifically oh, really? to take pictures cool. for her sets. And Your reputation like, precedes you, sir. Is that very what's cool. right there? She yeah, is sweet. As, it, as, really it should, cool. and, as it should, as it should, though. Yeah. And Neon we'll Vectors is like the sweetest person. It was really nice yeah, to meet her. Yeah, she was. And um, I was really excited to see some of my homies, uh, NREL and Data Girl, perform nice. on day yeah. one. That was, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed day one. Yeah. Um, day one was amazing. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, day one was absolute flames. Day one was your favorite. That was was. I think day, day one day was my fun. favorite, but of all the sets, like the DDS set was probably my favorite overall on day two. Like day two, yeah. Um, DDS Having was Keith just there, finally at the same time, was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Well, hell yeah, yeah dog. A, yeah, that that was a really great set. Were there any um any crazy moments or like wild stories you want to share, or was there anything in particular that like? And when you were just, really um, excited to meet as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyone in particular besides Neon Vectors? Let's see. Maybe like friends you were happy to see. I don't even know. know. I, I was mostly kind of just like I don't know. I was hanging out with a lot of my friends for the most part. There were some people online like um. So um, meeting up with them. Um, so there's this guy. His name's um, I don't actually know his internet name, but I know his real name's Brendan. Um, he w- went out to one of the the Sailor Rave shows in Sacramento. Oh, is it? that's and, cool. Um, oh, if, wow. you, if you look at uh, my my profile picture, that artwork. So the original photo of that, he's kind of sitting in the back corner. <laughs> oh no way! When we redid the art, when we did the artwork, and uh, made a little joke about it, but um, I got to like kind of. She got to talk with them and meet with them because I really didn't talk with them much at that show. But just like seeing him there, Electronicon, he like he's a super cool ass dude. Very um, cool. Yeah, his Twitter name is I'm okay, and it's I'm like okay. a. I like think a I've seen that person. Hill. Yeah, I've seen that person. Nice. Shout out Sacramento. Shout uh- <laughs> out Sacramento. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Man, there's so many. Is this felt like definitely the most. Um, as far as like seeing and meeting people, I felt like there was so many people and just not enough time at all to like kind of like bro hang with same. everybody. I um, um like it. As you know, sorry to cut you off. My little brother oh, came no, finally, and <clears throat> Skelly, yeah, I was so I to, disappointed. Yeah, I got to meet your you brother. That was really meet, tight. But my little brother like fucking met everybody, and still, just that. to kind of like go off of what you just said, I I still kind of feel bad. I couldn't have spent more time with him. Thanks for the dono, Caspero. And more time with Lux, you know? Like, I was such a social butterfly, dude. I was just running around 
dapping people up and <laughs> and um, you know hugging people all weekend. I had no mm-hmm. attention span, so I feel that. <laughs> My only regret was I wish I would have got there earlier on Thursday because I I flew in. I think I got into yeah, the airport at like eight o'clock, and I missed like a large chunk of slushy fest. So. Uh, I wish I could have got there earlier so I can catch all of Slushy Fest and got to meet up with everybody there. Yeah, man, I'm, like I was telling Skelly, I'm, I'm still kind of... I, I don't think I could have rolled up on Wednesday. That That's just... Oh, man. I don't have that kind of money, but I'm still jealous of the people yeah, that like, had that random <laughs> meetup. I want to say it was like Daniel and Stuart, uh, DS Dude, uh, and met up with, just by chance, Strip Silence and Indy and... I think the like my pet flamingo guys they just randomly happened to be at the same pizza place and it was like oh that's cool <laughs> that's, that's awesome cool. i wish i was here and some other cool people who i'm forgetting and I'm, i apologize to those people actually now that i think about it um so at the tape swap the my pet flamingo and donor lens guys have like a project called three piece sweets which has been one of my favorite I bet new you love paper that break shit. sort of old school rave type music and oh, nice. uh that set was just insane. I, I wish I had more time to talk with those guys then, but yeah. I'm sure I'll meet up with them all again at a oh yeah, let me go fest. Oh yeah, Video Drum was there. I'm sorry, homie, I forgot about. Video Drum was one of the hardest workers of the weekend. Shout out that guy who was constantly doing visuals. Poor guy didn't hardly get to stop and smell the roses at all. Ah, man, one last thing, and we'll get into the, like, the getting to know you portion, but Chris, I really wish you could have been there for the 18 Carat Affair set, man. It was... Oh, I bet it was great. It'll happen again, I'm sure, in the future, but my God. Did... Agnos, were you there for his set? Which set? 18 Carat Affair. I was, I was. I was able yeah. to actually get a Did they get any video of footage of this? I have a little bit, I think. I mean, like, did, like, did, like, George, like, record any of the stuff, put on, like, the... The web, the That's a good question. Um, I, don't know. I know we did Vapor, that before with a lot of these sets. Mm-hmm. This guy called Vapor Torian. Well, Vapor, oh, Vapor Torian. I yeah. absolutely know Vapor Torian. I know Vapor Torian. Yeah. They I may have him. gotten it. Um, of course, Dennis sometimes doesn't like it when people record his shit, so I don't I don't want to uh, speak for him. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe, uh, I'll um, message Vapor, I'm going to message Vapor Torian. It was, it was beautiful, man. Lux said he's not. It was a really awesome set. Yeah, it was it was beautiful, dude. It was transcendent. Um, and and with that, yeah, that's can, uh, well, yeah. all these does in general. Oh yeah. Um, so I will let you ask the questions because you're the the auto you're the biographer, Skelly. Yes, <laughs> I, this is kind of interesting because I'm not even sure where to start with because my question is which. All right, what is the first art form you even got involved in, really? Right. First art form. Ooh, yeah. Uh, what did you take to first? Okay, so like. I guess like, so I started, I learned guitar like in high school when I was like 16, 15 years old. And I okay. played a lot of guitar growing up because I wanted to, you know, be in a rock band just like everybody else in my age mm-hmm. at that time. <laughs> what, and, kind of, uh, what kind of music were you listening to? I was listening to, so I, I was listening to a lot of like the, you know, popular alternative rock that was on the radio. Okay. So, you know, yeah. of that era, early 2000s. But I gravitated okay. mostly yeah. towards like, the more experimental progressive rock like tool and um the mars okay. Volta. hell yeah and, well, okay yeah there you go that's that's the kind of music i nice. was really into but then i i you know i listened to a lot of like you know more popular and even some emo bands like my chemical romance and fallout green day stuff like that but um like i kind of stopped i because my parents always pushed me to you know do something 
that'll make me money, like do some kind of engineering. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, like, so your parents, wait, 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 hold on. So your parents weren't terribly supportive of your rock and roll dreams? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> My dad's a bit of a practical person, so he always pushed me to uh, want to like do something that will secure me money for the rest of my life. So doing something uh, tech related uh, or STEM related, and so okay. you know, went to college for a year, dropped out, joined the military, and then did that for wait, four years. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, stop. Oh, you didn't hold know on, he was rewind. in the military. I forgot about that. Actually, <laughs> I think I remember that when he said, but I forgot about that. So you, you're in college. Well, what made you want to drop out of college, though, from the first place? Uh, so, I so I grew up like pretty in a strict household. So when I got to college, Same. I was one of those guys that just partied nonstop for the whole. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were like you were you were let you were let let loose the I dogs in havoc and just like it did. I, I crashed my car the first two weeks, and I didn't have you a crashed your car the first two weeks. What? Oh, yeah. odd nose. So, That's um, terrible. <laughs> Yeah, so, so like getting on campus because I lived off campus and getting to yeah. campus was kind of a pain in the ass. So um, I ended up just like kind of got lazy and just partied. Then <laughs> that's hilarious. So because you crashed your car, like, well, I have no choice. Did now. you ever All declare a major? Party. I did. I was studying. Uh, I was doing computer engineering, which is like half oh, okay. computer science, half yeah, yeah. Uh, electrical engineering. True. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then I I, I dropped out. Um, then I did. Uh, some time in the Navy, and I was a reactor operator on submarines in the Navy, so sticking How's that? How was being um, in the Navy? You know, it, I have lots of opinions about it, so I'm just gonna sum it up. It's like, it's the most fun I'll never want to have to do again. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, a wild uh, opinion. So being out at sea wasn't so bad. Um, I didn't That's mind crazy. the job so much. Um, it's crazy. People, like out I, at sea for, wait, 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 stop. Hold on. How long are you out at sea for? It's crazy. Uh, the longest I was at sea was like 107, 108 days, something like Wait, that. You were in a Whoa. submarine for like three months? Yeah. What? Like you were in a submarine months, yeah. surrounded by water all day Holy long. Holy shit, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it, I don't we know, were, it's so funny when I talk that because it doesn't it seem like such a big deal to me. But like, this I don't is know. Funny, cause <laughs> this is, it's funny because that's how I feel about residency. When I talk about like all like the hours and mm -hmm. the surgeries and being in the trauma van, like I like, and, like all this crazy shit I do during residency. And like, it doesn't even feel like me anymore at this point. But like, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing I did. No, I get it. Like, that's really funny. You know, it's like, it feels like almost a lifetime ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, that was, uh, that was 2008, 2012. That was a long time ago for me. Wow. But you, so yeah, it's one of those things, I guess, where like you're doing it, you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. What an interesting experience that so few people get to have. I'm in a submarine. I like join this. I've like passed the rigors of, uh, you know, whatever, um, you know, whatever goals I need to do to even, in, you know, engage in this world and I'm doing it and then it's done. You're like, wow, that was the thing I did. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, uh, you oh, know, no. yeah, because the job itself wasn't, to me, it wasn't like terribly stressful. Yeah. Um, I think like I had issues with like the dynamic of being in the military, like more than anything. Like that was definitely yeah. the hardest thing for me. Well, mate, what, yeah, why did you I'm choose? Told. Why did you choose to do this after you dropped out of college? Like I just need structure. I'm just gonna. This is a, this is um, a thing so I can do like, as a way out. Well, my parents were in the military, so they kind of like okay. sort of like saying, "Hey, go do that, then you can go to college for free afterwards." And I'm like, "Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah." So that's and I kind of been using my uh, GI Bill to not go to university, but to go just like music school so I can learn music production and then um, go to coding boot camp, stuff like that. So I went to go, I did a lot of trade school as opposed to just like going to university. Okay. So that's smart, right, so dude. Let's, let's, Good let's talk about that then. So you, you do, 
four years, man. That's crazy. <laughs> like we're doing our sales. So you do four years of that. Now you get your GI Bill. And what's the first trade school you go to? So the first thing I did when I got out, um, is I, I got a job working at Intel in Arizona. So mm-hmm. I was working in semiconductors for a little bit. And then I hopped around some other jobs. But the first school I went to was I went moved to San Francisco in what year, 2017, to go to Paramine, which is a music production music production school. And okay. so I did a like I think eight months of that, and then I interned there for a little bit, and eventually got hired there. So Ooh, oh wow, was, yeah, yeah so I was, there. that's crazy. Yeah, so I was there like studying music production, learning how to make music because I've always wanted to go back to music, like after doing all the things that I did. Yeah. Oh, you have to do all the Navy and college. Yeah, and I'm and, like, like, you know what? Like, yeah, I let me go back to you get back that. Let me go back to yeah. all that. <laughs> so okay, well, when you're producing music, so you come from a background of someone who plays guitar. Did you now want to be, were you interested in, um, you know, synthesizers, music production, things of that nature? How did you, um, yeah, was, was so there anything that kind of like, pushed you towards that and made you want to do that? Anything you listened to? Yeah, so, you want to try? absolutely. So um, up until about when I moved to Arizona, up until then, I was strictly only listening to rock music. I didn't listen to any electronic oh, really? music. Really? Any hmm. country. Really? Whoa, so really? That's interesting. Wow. So you came in with like a clean slate. Okay, uh, got it. You had like a clean slate. You were mostly yeah, guitar so I, and rock music. Mm-hmm. I, like I didn't that. start really listening to a lot of like different kinds of music until um, there was some young dude that I met like while I was working at Intel, and he um, showed me some EDM music, and I was just like, "Yeah, really? Like, it's like I, I thought it was really weird, but I was like kind of gravitating toward it. Been there, yeah, like, and it's then, like you kind of want to figure out what's going on in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm like, I was like, this is interesting. I'm like, I don't hate it, but it's definitely not something I normally listen to. Yeah, and what, it what, uh, until what, I heard some, like the awesome. the first song that I think was that um kind of really pushed me to the edge of start exploring different music was when I heard uh the Harlem Shake song by Bauer. Mm, when I okay. saw that trend and I listened to the whole song, I'm like, dude, this song's like really crazy. <laughs> and then <laughs> I started listening to and discovering all this like insane like festival edm shit yeah and, and you're like, like that's wow all i got into <laughs> that's crazy that's interesting that explains well, you know, why like, you fuck with like liquid dnb and stuff because you're yeah, like kind of like, came into it through edm mm-hmm. yeah but it's, it's funny because like i never listened to liquid dnb when it was popular at the time so <laughs> when i discovered it i'm like dude this music is the shit i love this and <laughs> and so that was like something i gravitated to after i started music production school and i'm like i really like drum and bass and liquid drum was and there was there an EDM artist that you really liked a lot? They're like, I, what, how'd they do that? Oh, back man. in the day that you were listening to the, like one of these festival EDM artists that you're like, this is this is interesting. There's so many. Like, who do you like best? Oh, RL, R.L. Grimes, great. I, I listened to festival EDM music as well. I, I mm-hmm. just, I went to, I go to those, those things. I went to, um, what's it called in um, Miami, uh, you know, this year, Ultra. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, geez, I can't even think of all the, it was like Calvin yeah, Harris like, was the big one. Um, there was a like remix. That, there was like a remix Rez? from um, what's his name? I, 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 yeah, I think Rez was after I started, <laughs> like after I was like, getting out of the EDM world. Uh, <laughs> but I listened to a little bit of Rez. You see, like the the really intense, like grimy dubstep. I never liked dubstep. So even yeah, when I first yeah, ever heard dubstep, like the either. old school, really slow dubstep, I was never really into it. <laughs> Were you much of a Dead yeah. Mouse fan? I did like Dead Mouse a lot. I really. I I, I th- honestly think Dead Mouse is very skilled. 
Like I don't I don't mm. seek oh, I out his Dead work, Mouse. but yeah, Dead Mouse is really fucking good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, Dead Very Mouse cool. is, uh, yeah. Let's see, Dead Mouse and what else did I listen to? It, I don't know. And it was it was kind of just like a like, you know, drinking from the fire hose and just listening to everybody. Hell yeah. I was I probably could recognize more music than I can put names to them, to be honest. Right. <laughs> I, he admits it's all pre-recorded. Yeah, I saw that strip silence, and that's pretty funny. I actually saw that that comment from Dead Master where he's like, "Yeah, of course, all this stuff is recorded in advance." What the fuck? <laughs> you think they were actually doing that live? What are you, the DJ that's police? So <laughs> like, uh, can, can you imagine being like, in front of like seven thousand well, people and like I mean, failing to like, beat match? They're not even actually DJs, and you're like, trying you're to producers. like jump up and down. Like, they're not on. DJs. These are producers, I mean, and you just mm-hmm. stick them in front of DJ decks because it's the only way to explain what they I do. Yeah, you're absolutely and, like, right. Yeah, like. Like they're like, listen, what what they they it's like, it's like attraction, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you want to attract somebody, you usually do all the work ahead of time, and then you approach the person, and they're attracted to you because oh, you look good, and you smell nice, and you have like status, and like <laughs> you've got cool shit. Like you did the work ahead of time to attract them, and that's what those that's what that those festivals are. It's like they did a lot of work ahead of time. They're hitting play right now because it's like going to see a fucking movie you know what i mean like there's like yeah. lights and visuals like, and, like imagine they're not making those visuals together. live no what man the like fuck? no they're going there and they're no hitting way. play because like they did all the work and now they're gonna play their movie for you like now look Dude, at my i remember idea, like the I mean, first like, time i ever saw an electronic musician i was like would ever think they they're not playing DJing. all of the parts in the entire song well, live what like, it's like i want to see like, like it no they play like one lead a bunch of nerds who sit on a computer and put together their cool little things. They make it perfect, and then they can go to the big movie theater, which is the uh, you know the EDM concert, and hit play. And you get to enjoy it with all the lights, the big sounds, and the lasers. That's probably just, why they're so fucking... big on visuals. That's like that's what I would do no, if I was at one. Of those. I would do the same fucking thing if I was at one of those things. Probably. I mean, I think that's entirely why they don't DJ because like they have they're all not the DJs. They're not even actually DJs. They're pretending none of them have ever been to a club in their entire <laughs> life behind DJ decks. A hundred percent, unless it's like somebody like. Um, like uh, Mala or somebody like that. Like they've never even been in a club teaching. Wow, shit! I didn't know that. Never, never in a hundred years. I bet they like don't even use all four platters. Club. Like never in a hundred years is Reginald DJ at the club. Or one of them is literally Whatever. just like a loop of doom, 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 doom. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason that three thousand dollar machine is there. It just looks impressive with all four of them on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if, like, let's take an example. Price, like, I, look price, at the I feel so steamed. <laughs> I love like, that. Like, uh, 18 Carrot Affair didn't really John. perform anything other than singing his parts, but, like, the music, 100%, the visuals, it was all when? more of an experience as opposed yeah. to when, yeah. when, when, playing I'm gonna music. Be performing, I'm going to be performing live, and I have a lot of fucking backup tracks for when I perform live. <laughs> let's just say that right now. Because I can't play all that shit live. I'm bringing one synthesis. I can't play it on the Seriously. fucking airplane either. I can't bring it on the air, but I'm bringing a sampler, I'm bringing decks, and I'm bringing one synthesizer. <laughs> like, and all and of this somehow get played, right? Most people, at least in this, That's not even just this scene, but like EDM too, they just want to hear what they like loud. They don't give a shit what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, but you know, you want to create a whole experience. Like, but if you, you jump up and down thing. and stuff, they'll jump up and down too. Yeah, listen, you want to make a whole experience for people. As a producer, and we've been saying this for years, there's like no real right way to do this. Like even the people who do perform live, like I just saw Jai Wolf recently. And like, you know, it's supposed to be his live performance, but like, yeah, man, he's one dude. And he's got a synthesizer and he plays some parts. And like, then he hits the sample over here and then the backing tracks are doing shit. And then he's got his like fucking shit going on in the background. Right. You know, the experience involves all the people watching it too. I don't know. 
Facts. Yeah, I don't think I, I'd love to get a live band though at some point and do some stuff. That'd be pretty cool. It is kind of cool when some. I'd like to get a drummer. That's what I'd like. Yeah. When, Kang, whenever I you see like I solo electronic Kang. artists and they bring a guitarist and a drummer, it's like wow. Like Nicky Jimmy George had a fucking I like, like jazz, not a jazz band, but like a trombone player yeah, on stage. What was that a for? And a, I think a, I don't know what the word trumpeteer, trumpeter. Yeah, what's the word for it. Probably but, trumpeter. Um, I think she's actually looking for a trombonist to go on her tour. So you're yeah. trombonist. I hit her up. Yeah, real shit. You might, I remember might when George had Jimmy. like Aaron doing drums for him for you know his projects. I thought that was yeah. Cool. George used to have Aaron do the drums. Mm -hmm. I think he's got another live drummer now. I feel like I heard a live cool. drummer during um, his set. I was sitting at the picnic tables because I don't know why. That crowd was too mm -hmm. thick. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to get the next question or do? Oh I yeah, wait, hold on. I, I lost track. I forgot. All right, we were saying. Oh no, no. I hey, you we're, have I the rest of the hour. No, 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 I know where we're at. I already know where we're at. We got we got off the tangent about EDM. Okay, so you were listening to EDM. And then now that you're like, oh, it's some crazy shit. I kind of want to know about production. So where do you go mm -hmm. from there? You know, you're listening to Liquid DMB, and now and that you got you kind of really got into that, and I think that's where you left off at. Yeah. So like, I wanted to when I went to music production school, I wanted to learn how to make that EDM trap music because that's all I heard, yeah. and I thought that was the hardest oh. shit ever. So <laughs> um, that's what I went to go learn how to do, and then I realized, oh wow, yeah. this is actually like not that hard to make. <laughs> so, yeah, once you figure it out. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, what else can I make? And so I, I started listening to other genres, you know, house, techno, and it's nothing really, like, kind of called me out into, like, liquid drummer bass, and specifically jungle music. But I didn't know oh, it was called sense. jungle at the time. I just called it drum and bass because it had the same kind of yeah, drum pattern simple, yeah. as drum and bass. But, yeah. like, I wanted, always wanted to, like, learn how to do drumble, jungle, and it took me a long time to really hey, figure out. Hey, you should make that a genre, drumble. Why is Drungle not a genre? Isn't, isn't yeah, drum and bass that? a subgenre of jungle? It is. Like, jungle yeah, came but, first, and then gotta, drum bass came figure, after. We gotta figure out how I still sometimes have a very hard time knowing what is what. Like, I've yeah, wiki that shit. I've listened to examples, but sometimes I just can't listen to it and be like, that's jungle. That's just D&D. What's the jungle? Only, the, jungle? <laughs> the only way I can, like, uh, I guess describe is that, like, if it has like the the fluttery um, break beats, and I just call it jungle. And then if it has like the really static kind of like hick snare pattern with the hats in between and whatever, then I would just call that drum drum and bass. Okay. But, um, yeah, but I, I always wanted to like make jungle, and I think I tried to make jungle, and I couldn't figure it out for years because um, I didn't know that they were doing all this shit on trackers back then. I was overcomplicating everything and like oh. trying to like use instead of using like chopped up like breakbeat samples i was trying to use it with my own drums and i could never get oh the sound right. you were trying to program in your own like drum kits for that instead of just the right beats and, and like, like and i was like wow, i can't wow. get the sound right i like i don't know what the hell is going on dude. and like it like dawned on me i thought oh, it was a crazy. video from i don't remember what youtuber it is um stranger s-t-r-a-n-g-a-h and he had like a tutorial about how he chopped up a break, put it in Ableton, and able to turn that break beat and then like play the break beat so you can be able to get that jungle sound. I'm like, mine was blown, and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden I just I figured it out, and that was awesome. Nice. Damn. So they're arguing about being able to DJ 
uh, breaks. I saw that. They said you can't. Dare, Strip says you can't do it with the sync you. button. He's daring you. <laughs> Too you much syncopation. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it DJ takes. Breaks. I mean, it's a lot going on all at the same. No, he said you can't mm -hmm. DJ breaks using the sync button. You have to do I it do manually. It. I, I definitely do it. I DJ breaks with the sync button. I feel like you could do it. Mm. Just, just probably need a lot of practice. There's a lot going on mm -hmm. with those drums. Yeah, it's like just like I'm gonna plug myself. I have two YouTube videos uh, from mixes oh. I did from uh, the event that I was doing in Sacramento called. Um, I dropped that in the about 1997, and so I remember um, that. That was so cool. I recorded a pair of three-hour sets that I performed out there, and it's like all mostly jungle, mostly jungle, 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 jungle. There it is again. <laughs> there it is again. Didn't that video like blow the fuck up? Yeah. So um, let me see. One of those is like almost 300k views now. Damn, I think Holy Lux shit, found really? it already. That's unreal. Actually, it's dude. more than yeah, it's more than 300. It's 320,000 views, and then the second one was 86,000 views. Wow, that's and I've been to, like make another one, and I've been wanting uh, to do that. You should probably follow up on that one, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you've scratched an itch, brother. Uh, yeah, it's a very successful video. What the fuck? Yeah, so yeah. I got I got those three-hour mixes on there. Mm -hmm. A lot that's a lot of the stuff that I've been listening to recently. So most of it's just like music that's been made within probably the last like five or six years of like Unreal, jungle drum and bass, but it has like that classic sort of sound. Dude, right. that whole like vibe, I mean, growing up like playing PS1 games like in sixty four, it's nuts how much drum and bass was in the games we grew up playing. Like mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the Bomberman Hero yeah. soundtrack. But like obviously there's many examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely where a lot of like my inspiration and why I'm like trying to draw into jungle and drum and bass specifically is all the PlayStation games that I played. Like, I grew up with the PlayStation One, Nintendo sixty four, and all those games had some kind of like super. There's a Alex would call it fast music TM. <laughs> that's what. That's nice. Yeah, so it had a lot of that stuff, and I, I I grew up listening and loving that music, and that's the stuff. So I never grew up going to raves in the UK in the '90s. I grew up playing PlayStation One with all the music inside right. of it. That's the music that I'm nostalgic about. Very cool. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So, did... so okay. No, go for it. Okay, so now we're we're in school. You're getting into the um, the drum and bass. Uh, just. Now, are you making your own music at this point now? Have you have you started making your own music now? Or are you, and, uh, and, so, and releasing just... it? About like 10 or 11 weeks before I realized like, oh shit, this is a lot of work because I'm trying to go to school full time while I'm doing this. Oh, yeah, right. So, after uh, after I went to school at Paramount, I took a year at uh, Academy of Art University, okay. studying uh, composing and scoring, and then oh, I wow. dropped out of there. Hey, did you have like any like? Did you have any formal music training before all this? Did you like no, take lessons? Uh, with, like, I have okay. gotten most of my like other before that. I got most of my like music theory chops fucking from the internet. <laughs> like I always been a nice. bit of a nerd about music theory because I just I, yeah. I don't know I was a weird kid and I liked it. So nice. I was like playing around with music theory a lot in school, like growing up and we just like, trying to write songs. Huh? No, I we got um we had an issue with our internet. We disconnected for a second, but we're back on. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. I believe. 
Yeah, um, sorry guys. Yeah, no worries. Uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so I've never really had any like formal music training other than when I was, went to school after the fact. Oh wow! All right, so you just kind of did it all on your own. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, that's kind of me. I'm a sheltered kid who loves to study uh, music theory on his free time. <laughs> I personally think that's cool, though, man, because it's like you had fewer influences coloring yeah. your work. You that's know. always good, I think. So I had yeah. kind of a similar upbringing, so I'm biased. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, okay, I'm sorry. So now you're studying music composition, um, and then did you, did you say you dropped out of that? Yeah, so I dropped out so I could take the job at the studio at the first school mm. I went to. So they were, I was gonna That's right. go to LA and start doing stuff in LA as far as like audio work. But yeah. um, Paramind asked me if I wanted to be a studio manager there. And so I ended up taking that job and then I stayed in San Francisco for another four years. Oh, wow. That uh, uh, is interesting stuff. So. Did you did you did you find all this education to be extremely helpful for your music composition? Is this was it all worth it? Like doing all this work, do you feel like man, this is really giving me an edge, and like I'd recommend it to other people uh, too? So that's hard to say. I mean, that's my big like, question is because I we I barely get to, we don't really always get to talk to a lot of people who have that kind of background in like hmm. music production school and engineering yeah, school like true. you have had. So I actually kind of really do want to ask you like. Is, is this like, I mean, should more people consider this? Is this a good right, idea? So Do you feel like I'm you've a, learned a lot? And that would have this I'm a believer in that um, you get what you put into things. So if you okay. like, a lot of people I saw that were going to music school were going there to basically fuck off and party and then wow. get upset because they didn't really learn anything the time they were in. And then there was like the handful of kids who were actually studying and doing a lot of extracurricular stuff outside of classes that were like making music, putting stuff out, sharing it with the world, trying to like be part of communities. I think communities are probably the most important thing. Oh, in, uh, trying to grow your, your, um, yeah. your trying to like make a name for yourself in music or like at least like get it to people. It's like it's finding, a good, it's a good finding a group of people that'll like you can share music with and get excited about it because I feel like that's yeah. like more important than actually like going to training and being formal and everything because you can be the smartest most theory um like you can have like the most knowledge about music theory and how to make good music but if there's nobody there to listen to it because the world Very is what it is <laughs> I think and that's then, a really good point yeah did yeah, going so. to these schools help you help help you find certain communities I, or no um, I, I think they've definitely, they did help me because I, I did put a lot of time into it, but they kind of helped me more kind of like bond with other people. Like there's still people I know from my classes at Paramount. I still keep in touch with every now and then. Oh, that's and very cool. Most, a lot of those people are still like moved on to do things in music and are doing things like I have a buddy of mine who's working for a game studio as a sound designer. I have friends who are kind of releasing their own music, like, um, by themselves down in LA. It's just like, I have like friends that are all doing stuff in music and then I, get, I keep in touch with them. I'm not like super tight with them like when we were in school, but you know, it's nice to have those communities. And it's also like kind of like pushed me to discover the scenes that I wanted to get involved with. Like if it wasn't for music school to kind of teach me to want to get involved with communities, I probably wouldn't have been able to like find the big wave community in the way that I did. Oh yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, we no definitely want to hear that story. <laughs> we're going to get to that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you said about like one of the biggest important things is finding communities. And like, it's true. Like, I can't tell you like how many times I've seen people who are like masters of music theory 
or like have some crazy grand vision for the music they want to make and they don't like know what the fuck to do with it and i just see them posting on facebook telling me to buy their albums themed after right. like <laughs> stars and shit like i don't fucking know and they're like this brilliant musician he's got synthesizers he knows theory plays fucking clarinet on it and i'm like it's so fucking out of touch like that's no idea like if you're not in a community you really have like nothing to like even compare yourself against mm -hmm. you know whether that be sound wise whether that be like aesthetic like that's the other thing too i always notice like the art direction with like these people who are just like lone wolves who know a lot about music and like they it's like so dumb looking like they don't have anybody to compare themselves against yeah it, so like it, it's it, just it, like they don't know what looks cool kind of like they're just i don't mm -hmm. know what they're listening to or where they're getting their ideas from but you don't know you just you really do come off looking you know very bush league when you're just like out there by yourself trying to put something out and not trying to figure out like a way to get involved in something yeah so it's yeah you're right. i think that community thing is important absolutely yeah, definitely and it's it's really hard because it took me a while to find my community and people and like even just like my style Self. of music not necessarily what i wanted to make but one mm -hmm. that i wanted to be a part of like because yeah. there's other scenes that i was like digging in and i just like it wasn't quite the scenes that scenes? i felt like i belonged <laughs> do you want to do you want to share any of those scenes or not oh um, no not really it's not that important I like okay so, so okay, maybe one. like synthwave specifically so like i thought i okay. was like get really into the synthwave scene but like yeah i don't know okay. just, i just didn't buy personally with like the the community and the culture around synthwave producers it just wasn't me yeah and i feel like gotcha. i i tried it and then i was like yeah, this is really not me but i really yeah. like these bakeaway people these seem really cool <laughs> Yeah, those synthwave guys are not all of them, but obviously, but many of them are very gear centric. Very yeah, like I'm living the eighties dream. Yeah, and like like I never kinda like I lived in the eighties for two years, so like I don't remember anything about the right. 80s. <laughs> so like I was not I, I wouldn't say I was there to actually yeah. experience it the way a lot of the synthwave. I remember guys the early nineties vaguely. Like <laughs> That's interesting. All right. So how here. do you come across how do you come across? Yeah, there you go. How'd you land here? How'd you come across Vaporwave? Um, jeez, where, where, where did I? My initial start. Um, I think I came across it because I was like kind of digging into synthwave, and like at school they were calling me the synthwave guy because I was trying to make synthwave music that wasn't really synthwave music. But oh, wow, uh, you're the synthwave guy, huh? Yeah, wow, you're synthwave synthwave guy. really are. You're the synthwave. Yo, synthwave. Come sit with us. Yeah, you listen to a few synthwave songs. It took me four years to convince them. Like, no, it's not synthwave. It's vaporwave. There is a difference. Yeah, and so, um, <laughs> and um, so I think like, um, what was it? I I think I saw like a Blank Banshee song. So it was like Vapor Trap, and I mm -hmm. think I saw you know like uh, Teen Pregnancy, the Simpson Way video. That kind of like sort of put me in that direction. I was thinking I was gonna find everything that sounded like that. So then I found like this massive Spotify playlist just called Vaporwave, and it had like fucking 6,000 songs in it. And I remember Whoa. putting it on one night before I went to sleep, and I woke up in the middle of the night freaking the fuck out because it was playing what? some weird ambient shit. And I was like, wow. Wow. Like Father 2006 comes on. Yeah, I was ah. just like, yo, what the fuck That's am so I listening funny. What, to? What happened here? That's crazy. Like, this is not Simpson way, blank Banshee teen pregnancy. <laughs> like, right. I know, I, like, and That's too funny. Yeah, no, so like, I, I don't know. And then like, I, I went back and listened to it again. And I think when I, uh, the first song that came up that really got me was George Clanton's, um, uh, the fucking first song on that album. 
Is it uh, um, makes the baby Never Late Again? Yeah, Never Late Again. Yes, that song. Yeah, that song so fucks, dude. That song. God, I love that and song. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck is this? This is the coolest yeah. song I've ever heard. And like, yeah, so like many others, George Clanton was the one that kind of got me to really dig into Vaporwave really hard. Dude, I heard that freaking like like squawking synth sound that it's at the beginning of Never Late Again in yeah. somebody yeah. else's music the other night, and I was like, what the hell is this? Somebody else uses <laughs> that same thing? I'm sure it's just a, a preset from some synthesizer, and I was just like, damn, what is that? I think it's like his voice that's been like pitched up really high. Oh, are you serious? I heard it in somebody yeah. else's song. I, I swear I did. That's what it sounds like to me, at least. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but like the Damn. first time I said George, George, and then like all the fucking oh, shit so funny. Out, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is cool. And then I um, awesome. started discovering all the classics. This was about 2000, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. So then you really like this and you start getting into it. And then when mm -hmm. do you realize that there's actually like people who like talk about it and know each other? So like when you realize it, it's kind of a community. <laughs> So, good question. So, I, um, from one of my music business classes, I made a Twitter account because, like, I was kind of, like, into Twitter, but I wasn't, like, really didn't know how to use it. So, I made yeah. a brand new Twitter account before I started school, like, when they said, the business class, like, you need to be on social media. You need to be posting lots of shit all the time. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let me make this account. And then, like, on there, I was just, like, following all the synthwave guys. And then after I discovered George, I started like digging into all these vaporwave artists and just like started following them and then like kind of just like you know just tweeting in and i was reply guy until all you know i don't know making myself present in the scene i guess yeah and like and i did that for like about a year until the first econ and then when i yeah. got to finally meet a bunch of these people i met on twitter and been talking to for the last like nine months or so and it wasn't until then that I was just like, oh, wow, like there's a whole bunch of people and they all exist. <laughs> so when you what went to that you... Electronicon, did you like go not knowing a lot of people and it was oh, like yeah. your first exposure? I, I went entirely by myself. I was just like, I think I, I don't know if it's just me, but I felt like the the mindset that everybody there was thinking was either this was going to be the coolest thing ever or this is going to flop so hard and we're just going to yeah. laugh about it that's yeah. how i that's how i felt that everybody was thinking so like people all went to new york and flew out to new york not knowing what the hell to think of this yeah oh um, that's crazy because you like flew out to new york for it too well yeah. i mean once you say oh, it yeah. sold out it sold out and they're like well whatever's yeah, gonna happen like, it sold out that's crazy i was like i'm like because I've been like, man, I really want to go to Vaporwave shows because I've always loved live music. But like, there's no Vaporwave shows in 2017, yeah. 2018. So, and like, I saw George when he did his West Coast tour once, and then I was just like mm -hmm. hooked. I'm like, dude, I need more Vaporwave shows. These don't right. exist. But they I think Blank Banshee played around that time too, but that was I missed it. Him. <laughs> Every Damn. Time he came through. Hey, you get another chance with 4D. Mm -hmm. I have a ticket already, so I'll see him when he comes to San Diego. That's so, were you involved about. in Private Suite at this point? I didn't get involved with Private Suite until after Econ 1. Oh, so, shit. Really? Very cool. That's when you guys started the podcast? Yeah. So, like, the Private Suite podcast was already happening. I remember, like, seeing about it on Instagram um, when it first started. And then, like, I kind of followed it loosely. And um, how'd you get involved as one of the co-hosts? So, <laughs> yeah, no I, shit, right? You got in on the ground and, floor. And Pony a lot. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm in school. We're doing audio stuff. I'm like, dude, let me help you with the podcast. I'm learning audio. 
like I really would love to help out and like you know put my yeah. skills to like use. Wow. And so I, I remember bugging Indy a shitload. Ah, <laughs> so like, too funny, to bro. Like how about with the podcast? And eventually he had me edit one of the podcasts. And uh, the first one I edited was uh, Cat Corp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. So, it's so cool. And, uh, and then like uh like then he asked me he's like, hey, do you want to be on for like the group interviews? And I was just like, That's I crazy. just wanted to be an editor. I didn't even want to be like a co-host on the show. So I was like, uh, sure. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So, like, that's so funny. Yeah, and, and that's all history from there. I mean, oh, wow. I've seen some of the like software Here, and some of the work you can do with post production. Can we put a link up for the, um, I'm sorry, can we put a link up for the old Private Suite podcast? Because there's a lot of great interviews on there, a lot of interesting yeah, history tons there. Of interviews. And uh, yeah. oh, the, the Ponies got an interview with me on there as well from back in the day. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> with who? With me. Yeah, oh, you? Was, oh, was, my bad. I, and, uh, I heard you and, say uh, something else. No fucking way. Yeah, all right, mm-hmm. he just yeah, dropped a link. Thanks, Andy. I do Andy. remember that one. I feel like such a Philistine for not knowing that you were involved with Private Suite. My bad. Pony I've Danza always kind of like Philadelphia as well. been yeah. in the mm-hmm. outer yeah. circle. Yo, you've been to Philly? Wait, did you play no, Terminally Chill? Ponies, ponies, ponies in Philly. Oh, okay. He was my one bad. of the co-hosts. Oh, you're talking about po- Okay. Let me just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, uh, we always promise the chat that we'll start doing user-submitted questions at the top of the hour. Are you guys okay to take a quick break? Yeah, yeah. We'll take, um, take a sure. break. All right. That's fine. Everybody yeah. get a drink. Take a piss. We're going to run the Midwest Aesthetic Summer Synapse recap video. If you haven't seen it, Sounds it's cool good. as fuck. We'll see you in about three minutes.
back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? How'd you like that recap video? <clears throat> oh yeah, they did have the guy that looked like Fiber. <laughs> um, mm. So, so that that was what went down in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, in late July. Uh, by the way, I guess our stream is experiencing some issues tonight. I apologize. Thanks for hanging in there, y'all. Hopefully, this does not affect the the VOD or the. Um, the screen grab that Indy does for us. But we're back, and we're ready for user-submitted questions, guys. If you want to light up the chat with questions <laughs> for Mr. Ognos, we will ask as you post them. Until I see a question, though, I'm going to start with one of my own. Um, being that, and I know you're, um, you know, you recently moved, and you know, you've got like some different kind of kind of work situation going on. Um, mm -hmm. How do you organize like your work, all the different things you're involved in in your personal life? How do you organize all that? Um, good question. <laughs> Might be kind of a broad I, I'm question. Really terrible. I feel like organizing is something that's always an afterthought for me. <laughs> I kind of just like to take on a lot and take on a little bit more than I can chew at times. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, um, yeah, I'm like, I really don't know. <laughs> it's hard to... I, if you mean, like, uh, ask me something a little bit more specific, I'd probably be able to help. But yeah, I really don't know. I kind of just like, I really don't have a lot of organization, and I probably should be a little bit more. <laughs> no way. Do you have a lot of free time? It seems like you're kind of busy. Um, yes and no. So, like, I do have a lot of free time right at this moment, but it's not because of something that I want. Right now, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm looking for a job still, and like, the job that I was supposed to start got delayed multiple months so it's like i'm like waiting to start working but it just hasn't happened yet so and then right. usually once i'm like working and making money then i can feel more comfortable taking that free time to like do some of the stuff that i really want to do that makes sense it makes perfect sense uh rose corp's got a good one wants to know uh how you came up with the name ognos okay so um Og. So this is kind of a play on words. It's funny. So before I went to school, I thought I wanted to start a company because I had infinite knowledge that I never had. Um, wanted to start a company that would help people find like venues and events. So think of like what Songkick is now that gotcha. before Songkick was a thing. So, and I started Ognos as a name. And the name Og A U G means to grow or augment, and Nos means knowledge. And to me, mm. it's something that I've always wanted to do because I'm always learning and oh, wow. thinking of new things. So That's the name Agnes is like mm. kind of a reflection of me just always trying to learn shit all the time. Oh wow, That's and that, that very, was the name that I which I eventually. respect immensely. We were talking yeah, about so that I in the took, chat. I took that name and then used it. To, I kind of stole it from that dead company that I never started, and then um, mm -hmm. used that as my producer name. Nice. <laughs> Damn, that's oh, solid. I like it. Uh, Celadon Dream Suite, you have an album themed around World of Warcraft. Does the music of that game slash franchise inspire slash influence your work? And when <clears> you played, <throat> would you listen to the game's music or did you have a playlist? So um, that EP was like one of the first EPs that I ever did. Um, okay. I used samples from the World of Warcraft, specifically from the Wrath of the Lich King expansion because I that's when that I was dropped. <laughs> very <laughs> intensely involved and like... Most of my life, this was like back when I was in the Navy. When I wasn't working, I was playing World of Warcraft like almost all the time. And so, um, yeah, a lot of my like free time was all spent in the World of Warcraft. And so I was obsessed with that game and obsessed with that expansion for like three years that I played. 
And so, yeah, a lot of that whole EP was kind of inspired from the time that I was playing in. Mm. Hell yeah. And did you, um, the second question, when you played, would you listen to the game's music or did you have a playlist that you listened to? Um, I mostly kind of just, I, it was kind of a mix of both. I remember when I was playing, because people listen to the same stuff over and over and over again. You can't right. Of it. But um, usually I kind of listen to the stuff in game. Like I would do a lot of rating and then I would like want to pay attention to what's happening in the game. So I'd either yeah. have the end game or kind of the music turned down so I can catch the cues of whatever was going on. In the yeah, like the playing. sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so audio I was very, very sweaty about World of Warcraft. I was like the number four ranked killer. Did on you just say server. you were sweaty? About wow. you. Very sweaty. Yeah. Sweaty? Yeah, sweaty. <laughs> I've never fucking heard that. That's funny. Yeah, that's, I like that's that. I'm definitely going to steal that. I'm really sweaty game. about Vaporwave, wow. guys. Woo. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I, I did both. I did both Alliance and Horde. So oh, I nice. started off Alliance. I transferred to Horde to start playing hardcore with these guys. And then I uh, got a couple of server first titles. And then I switched back to Alliance to play with like, my brother and my cousins and stuff. And then I stopped playing. Damn. But old habits die hard. Right. <laughs> Naoko Coed wants to know, do you feel your unique life experiences give you a unique perspective in your music? Hmm. Yeah, what do you think? Hmm. I I think so. It's hard to say because like a, a lot of the music that I'm writing is usually what I'm feeling in that moment. So like um it's kind of hard to say. It's like like when I was like creating music and songs, it's hard for me to write songs too because like hmm. it's hard for me to get inspired. So like when I get inspired, I can like write stuff really fast, but like finding the inspiration is so you yeah. can't, you're not one of those people who can just sit down and be like, today I'm going to write now. No, I, I, I am very much a non, not a very productive like musician or producer. Like, but once I get the in inspiration to want to write music, I can write music for days. <laughs> oh, that's that cool. Inspiration runs out. And so it's like very like a like, manic type of, of moment. <clears throat> yeah. So very short spurts, like finishing off uh, Gilded Sentience. Like I, I've been sitting on a lot of those songs for like three years. Wow. Um, and because I, I've had, like, the first song was the third track that I wrote with one of my friends. And we had that song, like, basically finished, like, right up until COVID started. And that was, like, the first track that I've had finished. And the rest of the songs kind of just, like, trickled in as time went on. And then, like, after I left my job and went to coding boot camp, and I'm like, okay, I have some free time. I'm going to, like, I really want to do this last song here to see EP finish. So, and then I had this song, like, written in, like, probably, like, less than a week. Oh, that's too cool. Mm. Uh, Luxury Noise wants to know uh, about the process for the Gilded Sentience sleeve design. Um, so that was... I was kind of wondering so that too, whole, actually. So the whole theme of this EP was solar punk. And so I wanted to make a solar punk inspired um, jungle and drum bass album. And yeah. like, so I'm like thinking like, you know, like Green Ruin. And so like some more deep in the future or like some high tech... Yeah stuff is like already old and uh what's the word deprecated <laughs> it's all like yeah yeah something like that it's like all it's like like Decayed. really high-tech futuristic looking ruins but as if they're already been like taken back by nature and society mm. so yeah reclaimed you, by mother um, gaia yeah so um reclaimed this was all gaia, done yeah. with uh mid-journey i i prompted like a million things in mid-journey to kind of come up with the idea of what i wanted to like display in the artwork and uh, with all the other artwork that kind of like come along with the side of it. 
And then like, I even use uh, ChatGPT to help write a sort of like universe that this whole EP would live inside of. So on my band camp that isn't really like talked about a lot is that each track has like little liner notes to it. And they kind of like tell a little bit of the story for each single uh, that's track cool as shit. EP as a whole. Yeah, so did that I make it into the, the physical? That did not make it into the physical. No way. I so check like, that shit oh, out, man. I started making that like sort of last minute as like the EP was getting finished, but like I'm like thinking like fuck it, like my, I might as well put a story to this. So I use ChatGPT to kind of help me write this whole story and this whole universe that this oh, really? lives inside of. Yeah. Oh wow. Very cool. It's a it, little little Easter egg for everybody there. A little uh, concept <laughs> album never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, I've always been obsessed with like concept albums and concept EPs. So that's like that's something that I really wanted to like push for this. Um, was to have a whole concept putting it all together. We got a great question that just matches perfectly. Strip Silence uh, wants to know on that note, in the order of importance in components of an album, where would you place art, music, oh, yeah. and track names? Um, okay, so the order so the music has always come for me like before yeah. i could even i always come with a track name after i write the music because i don't when i start writing music i kind of just don't know what i'm gonna do i just kind of have like i want to make it this genre or style and then i'll start making something and then i'll come up with a track name afterwards and then the album artwork kind of like glues it all together for me i got you. i guess like, yeah so that makes a lot of yeah. sense so that sounds logical to me I guess a lot of people are in agreement with you. I feel like I would probably do that too, but I don't make music. Um, Bounty Ballad, where <laughs> is started. the... <laughs> I'm not as good at learning as you are, bud. Um, Bounty Ballad wants to know where the coolest place you've seen your music is so far. The coolest place I've seen my music? Yeah. Um, so one of the tracks that I did, I released on an earlier compilation. It was Healing Atmos. And so the first version of the track was uh, released on... Oh, which which compilation did I release that on? Um, I think that was the uh, the Solar Trap compilation that I did. Yeah, with VAs. I remember that one. And um, I remember like seeing a video on Instagram, a uh, global pattern. Somebody was DJing and playing that track at like some like rave in Russia, and I was like, dude, that is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, yeah, that, that like really kind of got me all hyped up. Anytime I play like a lesser known artist's work and a, like live, I always try, especially if it's like the highlight of my set, I try mm-hmm. to get a quick clip of it to send to him. And it I like should do that goes more. like I, I remember sending, I, I don't, I don't spin as often as you, but I, I remember like sending like a clip of me playing daydream deluxe at virtual memory. And like, he sent me this like long video response about how much he loved it and appreciated it. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever done that Skelly, but like, it seems that like goes a long way in this scene just like like what josh described where like you play somebody's song where it's like a deep cut they're not super well known and you just take a quick clip of you playing their song and send it to them and they get like really excited about it i absolutely do that i always try to do that when i can you know i try to play a lot of like my homies music when i play like perform and it's always like kind of uh i always forget to like record because i'm just so like yeah i've gotten really bad about that lately Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, InRail did a, uh, a remix for you on the um, the album, I noticed. Yes. So I asked InRail to do um, a remix off the lead single off the EP, Chroma Trails. And uh, 
he got that back to me. I'm like, dude, this is like fucking hype as shit because he had yeah, it, mm. his little in rail touch to it, and it's, <laughs> it's like it's so good. It plays really well when I play it at shows too. It's all so awesome. I uh, when I was doing the Insta ads, I was like, ooh, do I use the in rail remix or do I use the original? <laughs> and I was like, well, the episode's about Ogno, so I'll use the original. But I bet that in rail remix spanks. And of course it, it, oh, it does. Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> uh, keep the questions coming, y'all. Um, we're caught up on questions, so I'm just going to ask you. Um, you know, in a, in a scene and in a world where we create so much heart, like heartfelt material, um, what is a, an example, in your opinion, of like a piece of art that only exists for commercial or non-artistic purposes? Hmm, a piece of art that only exists for commercial or non-artistic purposes. Um, there's a lot of photography. Yeah, let's hear some hot ones. Fills that role, so um, <clears throat> it's hard to say. Like for me, at least, um, like a lot of some of the photography. Like one of the gigs I usually do on the side is I was a horse photographer, and so I would. Go wait, wait, did you say horse? Sports. You sport. sports. I thought I started hurt. Oh, I, I really wish it was a horse photographer. <laughs> oh, horse oh, you photographer. Know. So you come down horse here. Horse photography, <laughs> dressage, because you know, the yeah, but the like, meets meets episode, all those. Yeah, being able fashion to shows. Right. Uh, like taking photography. portraits of like uh, like little kids on like football and soccer and baseball teams, and like for them to like give to their parents and have those memories forever. So when they grow up, they can look at their pictures. So like for me, that kind of artwork seems like it's very commercial non-artistic but you know to them it means a lot more than it does to yeah me. It's just good dumb. point and i'm sure you may you found a way to make it artistic you know you, you put your spin on it and you only get so much creative freedom from work like that so it's a True. lot of picky cutter yeah yeah well said do the exact same poses like the exact same uh, compositions yeah yeah you're right um apparently i skipped kj volumes question buddy run that one one more one more time i didn't mean to do that but Celadon's got a good one. Wants to know, you mentioned learning about jungle from a YouTube tutorial. What are some of your favorite ways or places to go to learn new things about production Great or songwriting? Question. Fucking phenomenal question. So, um, I am a fucking lifelong learner of YouTube University. I go to YouTube for <laughs> fucking everything, dude. I learned everything about on YouTube. I learned how to do music on YouTube. I learned how to break apart electronics and solder shit together on YouTube. I learned Unreal. how I learned photography on YouTube. Like my entire like. Oh really? You learned photography yeah. on YouTube? I never went huh. to any photography like formal. Really? really? You take it's very all... excellent pho photographs. What? Huh? What? Can I ask you? Because I've I've been wanting to get into photography for for a while. What <laughs> did you look at? Wait, where did you go? I so I I follow like dude. I I can't even like go to tell you how much like photography YouTube I've consumed in the last like wow. three four years. Uh, like most people watch like netflix or amazon prime or streaming services and stuff i watch you YouTube watch YouTube tutorials about and you're just watching how to <laughs> well, learn how, stuff i do that shit constantly hey, how, how do you how, how do you remember it like i don't i don't have to like i i, I just what? like consume so much that the little bit so how did you know which cameras so you did how'd you figure out what camera to buy let's start with that so um the first camera i bought was one of my roommates um i used to live in a house that was all musicians it was like 13 of us living there yeah. And uh, one of my friends and one of my roommates, she was uh, going back home to Timor Less. So she was like, I can't bring this camera with me. It's too much weight. I'm like, if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you for 200 bucks. I'm like, okay, I kind of always wanted to take pictures at like shows and stuff anyways. Wow. And and so I bought it off of her. Um, it sat on my desk. It sat on my like my shelf for like a long time until Electronicon 2. 
And then I brought it to Electronicon too to take pictures. And I'm like, I didn't have any of the right gear I had. Like the camera was like, the camera was fine. The lens I had was terrible. Um, (laughs) All the pictures, I I know for a fact, all the pictures came out kind of blurry. And then I lost the SD card. So all those pictures are gone somewhere. (laughs) So gone and never to be retrieved. Um, I fell out of my pocket on my way to work one day. So I I lost the SD card with all my Econ2 photos. But like, oh. like, I felt really like torn about that. And then, um, but it wasn't until after the fact, I'm like, you know what? I really want to keep doing this because I had so much fun like taking pictures and I want to keep taking pictures because that's like, it's something that's like been in the back of my mind, something I've always wanted to do because I love being a part of music, but I don't necessarily want to be behind a computer 24 seven. I want to be at the shows and yeah, like providing a way to like kind of give back to the community in a different way than just putting my music out there. Um, hang the fuck so. on. You um lost your SD card for the Econ Two photos. Yep. That was the first yep. time you like took hella photos. Was Electronic Econ yep. Two? Isn't that when yep. you got that George photo, or was that that New Year's Eve show? No. So the George photo I got was at the New Year's Eve show okay. in LA, and that was like this the second big show that I ever did. That was like the first show where I actually got like a, a wristband to go inside Unreal. and take pictures. Of. Second one ever, so. and you get that shot. Yeah, and. So I think I did a couple shows before that. So at Econ 2, I was also at the tape swap. I did save all the pictures from the tape swap before I lost my SD card. <laughs> oh, shout out the tape swap so photos. I do have nice. the tape swap photos from Econ 2, but I don't have the actual Econ 2 photos. That's disappointing. Cool. Hey, here's mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, what, yep. kind of, uh, what kind of camera do you use now? So the camera I use now is the one I'm using right here. It's uh, the Canon EOS R6 Mark II. It's a pretty new, pretty fancy camera. Wait, whatever. you're using your actual camera what, what as like your video feed? Yeah, so Unreal. I'm using my my actual camera as my like webcam right now. That's why Canon what? The background is over it down. Do what he say EOS? Uh, it's the EOS R6 Mark II. Wow. Six. Mark. He's like, yeah, I found it. I'll buy that. Why, now, why this camera? I'll buy that for a dollar. So I, I, I've already. No, this is like, a really expensive camera. Yeah, I, I've already. I'm invested <laughs> inside of the. So the camera I used before this, I got this one last year, like in November. And um, before this one, I got. I was using the RP for like three years, and that's what I shot a lot of the stuff. I shot Econ last year with that camera. Um, I needed a better camera because the camera I had. I felt like the the shutter was very slow taking pictures, and it was really hard to focus on things in the dark, like which is pretty much all concerts. So yeah, I wanted something point. that was a little bit that was going to be helping me kind of like do better with focusing in the dark, which this camera does insanely well at. Damn. Well, you look fantastic. Possibly our oh, best thanks. looking guest. <laughs> what do you, do you have? A what kind of uh, lenses do you have for us? So I got a um, I got a bunch of lenses. I this full shopping for cameras right now. <laughs> I am shot. I am. That's exactly what. That's exactly what. That's exactly what's happening right now. Like, I so what do you um, recommend? First lens. If you that's exactly what's happening. First lens you want to do, and this is like for budget-minded, friendly people. Um, get a 50 mm-hmm. millimeter f 1.8. It's like right now. I think it's on sale at 50 millimeter what? F 1.8. So the 50 millimeter 1.8 is usually like the, it's like the first like professional-ish camera lens for any camera system. And they're usually like under a couple hundred bucks. I think it's like $99 on PNH photo right now. F 1.8? Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. All right, what else? (laughs) What else? (laughs) So like, um, 
Yeah, so I use like uh, I, I can talk about camera shit for the rest of the podcast, but no, you probably don't all want to hear about that. Oh, <laughs> go, we don't get to talk here. to very many photographers, bud. <laughs> we don't get to talk to that many photographers. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's exactly what Strip says. Uh, 50 millimeter is like the SM57 of lenses. It's right. just like a, it's just like a solid like the FM50. The DJ yeah, SB like, it's, series. It's inexpensive, but it just like it does work. It's it's good shit. What else? And then um, so like the shot, the the camera lenses I use for electronic here I had a 24 to 2.8, and then I had a 70 to 200 f 2.8 for like my two main lenses. And those are 200 2.8. Those aren't the Canon ones. I used like the the Tamron versions, so I adapted those onto my camera. Adapted. <laughs> What was the other one aside from the 70 to 200 and what was the other one? Uh, the 24 to 70 f2.8 and those are like working professional F2. cameras. <laughs> they're very, very heavy. And Boy's about like, to get some more sticker shots. Like um, yeah, built like a tank. The right. Canon RF ones are like $3,000 each. I definitely can't afford those. <laughs> hey, this, okay, the it. CDJs of cameras. Those uh-huh. are very much like the CDJs of cameras. I remember lines. seeing like any, a video of some else asshole you need pussing um, so if you have, um, like, what do you need? So I, when people ask me, like, what I would suggest, I always like to ask, what are you trying to shoot? So um, yeah, let's say like, point. let's say like still photos in like a studio. If you want to do still photos, I would say, um, in a studio, yeah. In a studio environment, sure. I would say like the 50 millimeter is like a good starting point, but I would mm-hmm. like also for you, I would suggest getting the prime, uh, prime lenses. So like, if you want to do studio photos, look at like a 35 millimeter. Or both, because like the 85 millimeter is like the main portrait lens that a lot of like studio photographers use to take portraits of people. The 85 millimeter is the main portrait lens. Millimeter oh, wow. is like the, the best key. lens for tasteful nudes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that is like the the key. Like, um, it's like the premier like um, portrait um, camera. So the first one you mentioned is, is the, the first one you mentioned is the premier one for that. Yeah. So it's like. Is it, the 85 is probably like the, it's like probably one of the most popular like portrait ones. The 85 1.2, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the 1.2 okay. is like really, really nice. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. That's, that's a really, really expensive nice. one, is it? Yeah, but oh, man, that's like that's like a thousand dollars. Okay, I see. Yeah. yeah, there's an 85 f2. But I think that one's like 600 bucks or 700 bucks. Okay. All right. All right. What else? is a common misconception I'll about your work? <laughs> I'll stop I'll we can stop talk about this afterwards. I'm, I'll be, I'm glad. To no, talk we, about we, can, it. we can come back around to I'll, it. I'll, I'll hit you. I'll, I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up later. For sure. For sure. Right. <laughs> we can come back around to it. I don't want to squash this moment, but I want to know. No, um, no. We're, 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 we got, we what are some misconceptions I'm, I'm about the Ognos name that you want to clear up? Misconceptions. Anything misconceptions, mispronunciations, <laughs> allegations. Thinking you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so funny. you um, know, like the, some people have misconceptions. They got to clear them up. Do you have any? And would you like to clear them up? Um, I don't really know. I don't know what people think about me. I don't really. I try. I say <laughs> I don't think about it much, but I think about it a lot, just like most people probably do. Um, people. I remember there was this one joke. Okay, so at the New Year's Eve show, at the George Clinton New Year's Eve show back in 2019, 2020, I made a comment. I was talking with somebody. And I said, I'm big on Twitter. But what I meant to say in that moment was like, I am very much an active user of Twitter. I love Twitter and I love using yeah, it a lot. Okay. But then, like, everybody in Rosewood started making fun of me because they think, like, my ego is so big that 
I'm so big on Twitter with my 1,000 followers or whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's, there you go. You're that sounds, here first. That sounds like some shit Groovy Kaiji would say and immediately, like, apologize for sounding like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to be prideful. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize. Celadon Dream Suite wanted to know if you could drop some specific YouTube channel names for music learning. For music learning. It's, yeah, these people want the insiders. Oh, scoop. man. Um, okay, first of all, so I, specific channel names, I do not know. Because I would think, first of all, what DAW are you using? So I would follow, firstly, people who use the same DAW as you. Because if you're trying to like translate somebody else's DAW into your DAW, trying to learn music, that's a whole level of like... Um, that's a whole nother layer that you'd have to like translate and get confused over that you don't yeah, really need to. to so if you're if you want to learn music, learn DAWs you. I'm kind of DAW agnostic. I use Ableton and Pro Tools for a lot of stuff I make. Um I I am not like an elitist saying like, oh everyone Ableton. The best DAW is the one you already know how to use. And so right. and so like I think learning the DAW. Um, learning from somebody who uses the same DAW as you, and then if you can, find somebody who makes the same type of music that you would be interested in. And then, basically, like, pick their brains. But, like, if you if you want, like, just general music, like, producer stuff, um, I am a big fan of... Oh my gosh, who was I watching all the time? Um, here, let me go through my subscriptions. I have, like, 200 people I'm subscribed to on YouTube. Um... Wow, that's here. a lot, homie. Yeah, um, <clears throat> like just trying to like find Andrew Wong. Andrew Wong was probably like one of my favorite YouTubers to watch because this guy is just like a musical genius, and he's oh yeah, I know him. Tons yeah. of work. Like he uses Ableton, but like he has, he's like an excellent like musician, and all of his stuff is like very entertaining. He's like video editor as well. So oh wow, he's one of my favorite YouTubers. How do you spell um, his last Rick name? Yeah, he's very popular. H-U-A-N-G, just to make sure. Thank yeah. you. Very cool. And um, he was like one of my favorites. I was watching Rick Beato when Rick Beato, before he started ranting about everything, um, a lot of his earliest YouTube videos was kind of just like about theory and things. So if you wanted to learn how about like theory and progressions and whatever, he was like one of the people in like, um, like uh, learning about like music and stuff with. And he's also like big about ear training as well. So like I kind of I'm not very good at my ear ear training, but like it's always fascinating me. I just haven't put the time in to learn it. You mentioned um, ranting. Um, what is something that artists do that gets under your skin? Um. Ooh, that's a good question. Got to think about this. Um. Uh, just being not good people. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's it's good like when people, yeah, when people are just like, I don't like when people like are mean or they say like really ignorant, hateful shit. When they like people who like basically try to be mean because funny, and then like it actually hurts people's feelings and stuff. Yeah. It's just like don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what your said. Don't be a yeah, dick. Yeah, just like I, I just don't like it when people are just mean for other than like trying to do it for clout because funny. So they'll you'll attract those kinds of people who just love to be mean for shits and giggles. And I'm not really about. Yeah. Felt. Yeah. That's, it's always a shame when you meet like, you know, somebody that's like a, an idol and they're like, just, 
It's one thing to be like human. It's another thing to be like malicious, you know? Yeah. And even yeah, when you give sure. people the benefit of the doubt, yeah, some people, some people will just, I guess, get off on being nasty. I'll never understand that personally. <clears throat> well, um, how do you feel about, you know, like deeper, more controversial, like, like, how do you feel about separating art from the artist? Oh, that's a tough one. I I feel like the artist is it's it's really hard. It it kind of it depends a lot on like how terrible the artist is. <laughs> like if the artist yeah. is like a horrible You're person, right. I don't vibe with a lot of their values, then I probably just won't fuck with their music ever. Yeah. But like if they're just like controversial, then like to a point where it doesn't push me away from wanting to listen to their music i wouldn't feel guilty for listening to their music i, I would continue to do it but it's just like yeah. it's 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 not black and white i think there's a lot of gray areas you're like, absolutely right that i absolutely would never listen to just because i don't agree with their values but then there's other people who are just controversial people like i wish they would like be better but like you know mm -hmm. like i don't think they're like evil or malicious or like willfully like trying to be like toxically bad people too yeah whatever i don't know they're just like controversial i guess it's really hard to say it's a case-by-case -case basis and it's incredibly it really, nuanced to me it is i think i mean it's 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 one thing like you said to be kind of edgy it's another thing like if you know you just did something just really really profoundly evil you know mm -hmm. and then that sort of thing you just can't wash that away right yeah, I'm kind of on the same wave, honestly. Um, do you, like, getting back to something a little more lighthearted while we wait for more questions to filter in, um, mm -hmm. for your own, like, personal taste, when you listen to music, are you more of, like, do you like slower BPMs, faster? Do you like your music loud, quiet? Mm -hmm. When you listen to it on a daily basis, do you prefer maximal, minimal, that sort of thing? It's It, it depends a lot on my mood. Like, lately, my mood has been listening to fast bpms like gotcha and the really really fit fast um like jungle 174 even like some of the faster yeah. house music like in the 150s and 160s like the house and techno oh, like oh, that kind of yeah, crazy that's, ass that's like bpms <laughs> i'm like really it's kind of that's the stuff i've been listening to like more happy harsh sort of like era, like that gabber shit of, like, yeah they, like gabber exactly wow, no way <laughs> so right. um I've been like really on that, but like there's times where I want to listen to some slow stuff. I want to listen to some like classic vaporwave, and it's just like yeah, it really. I think my mood affects like a lot of like what I'm in the too. There's a big difference between now and ten years ago. Is mm -hmm. everyone was slowing it down ten years ago and speeding yeah. it up, and now right. it's no, yeah, I think it, it got too slow, and now people want to speed it up, and they went yeah. rubber banded to the complete opposite mm -hmm. end of the spectrum on the BPM scale. <laughs> it's kind of funny, true. yeah. We got some good ones in chat. Thank you guys for for uh, delivering. Um, Pacific Plaza always has bangers. Uh, when you go to shows, do you feel obligated to take pictures and continue documenting the scene? And do you think you will stick with documenting live vaporwave even if you get bored of the music or scene, or if like you get into another electronic music scene? Do I feel obligated? Sometimes, like I've been trying to not take pictures at every show I go to um, just yeah. because I kind of want to enjoy it. Yeah. But there is always that part of me that wants to, that feels like, oh, I'm going to miss out on getting like good photos and stuff. I don't take pictures. So like I'm trying to 
balance myself to kind of just enjoy the show and that's like always been something that's been hard for me since i started shooting shows it's like because i, I want to take pictures of everything and i want to like capture everything and sometimes i'm like not even listening to the music because i'm so into just fo fo doing photo photography and so like it's it's like hard to like kind of even remember what music was being played at that time hmm. so because like i don't know it, it's like it's almost sort of like a what's the word uh meditative to take photos mm, gotcha because i like i kind of get in the zone it makes me it, it brings me into like a place that i really enjoy being in but it's um it goes and like really appreciate like what my friends are putting on like maybe taking photos kind of takes away from that mm. so there might be like a moment or two where you're 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 doing your work and you're like damn i really want to just put this camera down and go nuts part of me wants to part of me wants to, like yeah i'm kind of like kind of torn into both people because i yeah. would love to i want to take the photos because i really want to capture the moment but at the same time i kind of just want to enjoy the music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit of a win-lose situation it's really tough yeah i i'm video drums got that same unique perspective i'm sure as a as a visualist mm -hmm. yeah um, definitely definitely celadon's got a fun one do you have any good stories from your time on the submarine funny or intense good, oh, good stories oh man no <laughs> he says no was no. it as, i just um, want to know is it as crammed as they say it is it's pretty crammed yeah so like we're on a submarine it's like 160 guys inside of this steel 160 how big is that shit? In this steel tube, it's about two football fields long. Okay, that makes sense. Wow. Uh, All right, didn't realize that shit. Was yeah, that it's, it's pretty. It's big. It's, it, the submarines are not tiny. All right, I, I did not know that. Massive. Okay, gotcha. And um, but yeah, no, it's like it's cramped. Um, what kind of stories that I have from a submarine that are good? I don't know. It's like it's weird being on a submarine. It's because like there's a good side and bad side to it. The bad side being that you're stuck with the same 160 people. So if you don't like the 160 people you're with, you're going to really hate life down there. <laughs> um, the good news is that your job is literally the only thing you ever have to worry about. Right. Like once you're done with your standing watch or whatever, like you realize like how much of the outside world, like kind of pushes down on you, like the stress of bills and taking care of people and everything Cleaning else. Your like, house. None of that matters when you're at sea. So like, in a way, being at sea is kind of like a little less stressful than like living on land. <laughs> I could see like, that. You don't really have a lot to worry about. You only have to worry about one thing. That's your job. And so like it's it's kind of simple. And like that's not necessarily a bad thing. I kind of like I kind of enjoyed that part about being away. We, we got some fun follow ups before we go back to a more serious <laughs> question. Celadon wants to know, were you actually playing WoW in the submarine? No, no way. There's no, there's no internet access. We barely had emails, so wow. um, we we would come up to surface, and then they put out an antenna to like send off and retrieve emails, and that only happened like every once in a while. So yeah, if you're if you're one of the lucky ones, you get some new emails every time we surface. But uh, yeah, if not, then you're kind of fucked, and then you kind of wish everybody do your email address. You can like talk to everybody. That's the way. Damn. Did you get yeah, to look? So did like, you get to like look outside the submarine and like see what an underwater nope. looks like? Damn. No, there's no window. You were just in a giant so tube, and you didn't even really know you're where just you were. In a giant tube. It's kind of a joke. It's like a running joke that you you go inside of this tube for months on end, and then when you come back out, it's like a different season. So you don't even know if you actually left. You like you really have no right. idea. Right. Unless you talk <laughs> so, to the pilot or whatever. 
Yeah, like, but you, like, you know nuts. that you're out going and doing circles and wherever, but it's just like, yeah. but there's like a part of your brain is like, did we actually even go anywhere? <laughs> or were we just like in a simulation <laughs> for three months? Right. <laughs> you, know, you, you just see the same That's crazy. Like you're in, we compare it a lot to being in prison, but it's like you just get right. to prison. So, um, Jesus. Oh, on that system. note, Lux Noise wants to know what the what the food's like. How is submarine eating? Oh, yeah. What's the food like? Better than average. So really, um, for, for no military way. food, like because the, the food we eat is the same food that all the officers and the captain eats. So huh. they have to make it good. And usually, like the the chefs on board submarines are usually like probably some of the better chefs. And oh, um, real. So when we when we first get shipped out, we have all the food. So like the food's like really good for like the first few months. And it isn't until like probably the last couple of weeks when we're running out of like a lot of chills like food starts to suck because we just <laughs> don't have any like we're making like literally pepperoni sandwiches because that's all we have bread and pepperonis. that's funny bread yeah, and pepperoni. It's <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. uh a real one for pacific plaza uh, do you see yourself going on tour with musical acts as a tour photographer is that oh, something oh, you're interested in i would love to go on tour if somebody would love to hire me totally be down to do it like, um, I've been like a lot of YouTube videos I've been watching lately, people doing, um, like as core photographers, like touring with bands or musicians or groups and the setups that they would do. Cause some of these guys get really in deep with it. Um, there's a guy that's on the Adorama YouTube channel and, uh, his name's David Bergman. And he talks about how he goes and tours with, he sets up lights all over the stage. And then oh, he wow. has these crazy colored lights that he would be able to shoot with his cameras. And um, it's just like, I'm like, man, I would love to like do something like that or have the budget or be able to like kind of go right, just like get really creative and like do stuff <laughs> to do all kinds of um, like photos like that. Damn. Maybe it's in your future. Some some far flung point in your future. I would, I would love it. I would love okay. it. Or, love it. Maybe yeah. not even that far away. Yeah, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, how do you feel um, about, like, not just as an artist, but, like, as a fan of music, how do you feel about covers and remixes? I like them. So I I, am, I love it when people, like, put their own spins and takes on music that's already been done, especially, like, um, more popular music or people. Like, um, somebody, like, mentioned to me, so there was, uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails? Oh, yeah. And the song Hurt. Oh, it's a and shame. When Skelly Johnny walked Cash, away, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great example. So when Johnny Cash covered that song, like he put his own take on that and the version of that song. But like when, um, when was it? Um, Trent Reznor wrote that song, wasn't hurt about like, uh, was it about drugs? I am ashamed to say Addiction I actually don't know. I don't remember exactly what. But like when Johnny Cash sang that song, it was about getting old yeah <laughs> and it's like a whole different perspective but like takes all the same lyrics and just throws his own spin on it it's like two yeah. completely different songs even though it's like a cover of each other's it's like i think it's pretty cool when um when like artists like kind of cover and they like kind of or put the lyrics into into a different meaning of how that uh -huh. what, they, what it means to them as opposed to somebody else so like and this is coming from somebody who's like generally not the kind of guy so I'm very much listening to the music itself. And I kind of yeah. like it when people play with the sounds and change the sounds when they're doing. 
So it, it, I, there's not a lot of music where I like listen to a lot of lyrics, but like that one specifically, I, feel I that. was like really obsessed with Nine Inch Nails, like in mm. high school yeah. when I got into college. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you walked Trevor's away at the exact I, wrong time. <laughs> Skelly yeah, loves yeah, Nine right. Inch Nails. I I, I do. Well, I love the I love the idea of Trent Reznor. I love the idea of a guy mm-hmm. who went out there and like kind of made his own like music, yeah, did all the instrumentation, really created awesome. the aesthetic. You know, he's got he still continues to this day to do soundtrack work. Like he's got a great like. Uh, He's a he's a he's got a great little like arc, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say I think the um, the Gary Jules cover of um, Mad World is another good example of like yeah, same song, totally different vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. Lesser known. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Iron and Wine cover of Such Great Heights. Oh yeah, I do. The Postal yeah. Service almost I, better than that. the original. Oh, I, I've heard that. I've At least in that. my opinion, yeah, like, but like it's a great cover. You know, yeah, I agree. It's a great cover. I think remixes are fucking phenomenal. I actually love remixes, so I'm glad you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I, I've always wanted to do like remixes of myself. I did a couple remixes of songs that I really enjoyed, like when I was like kind of experimenting, and it's something yeah. that I've always wanted to do more of. But um, I, a lot of me is kind of like going to music school. I think they kind of plant the seed that copyright is bad, or copyright infringement is bad, and you should do everything creatively on your own. So that's kind of pushed me away from wanting to explore sort of the ends of music. Yeah. And um, like, so like a lot of my music is sample. It's all like legal, legit samples and not very so much like sample based material because like, that's just how I was like trained when I was like learning how to produce. Fair. Um, the uh, the next fifteen minutes, guys, are ripe for the taking. Keep them coming. Um, <laughs> other than uh, you mentioned Tool and the Mars Volta, what other acts mm-hmm. or artists have you loved for like the longest amount of time? Ooh, Incubus. Incubus. Okay, was interesting choice. Hey, yeah, Lux a fan. Favorite band. Incubus is like a big fan. <laughs> is it, Lux a big fan? She is. At least at I, I one time. With Incubus. That's probably like like Incubus Tool and the Mars Volta are probably for me as far as like that makes band. sense. That tracks. I mean, honestly, like out of all the like, like you know, Incubus like hardcore, like you know, kind of <laughs> Incubus is a big fan. They definitely were the most like <laughs> I don't know, like interesting sounding ones. Um, another good question, Indie Advent. Where do you find your discipline comes from? I want to know this too. How do you harness Jeez. your discipline? Like, what do you mean by discipline? Because you made it like, sound like you're super chaotic, <laughs> but like, it sounds to me like you're constantly learning new things. A lot of people look up I to you because they're like, curiosity. damn, how's he so good? I would, it's a, I would refer to it as an energetic curiosity. Mm-hmm. Your nonstop yeah, motivation, I, he says. It's nonstop something... motivation. There you go. That's a good one. I I, I guess like I was. I think it's actually a lot. I got to interrupt to say I think that Hognes' ability and interest in so many different things actually speaks more to a lack of discipline and not be able to focus on one thing or everything. That's what I'm like. You like I harness a lack of discipline advantage. Like I'll I'll yeah, learn that... one thing like good enough and then I'll kind of move on. To Something new because I have like shiny squirrel syndrome and just shiny squirrel syndrome. <laughs> yeah, so I'm constantly like hopping around. I I always have interest in things, but I never like stick around long enough with any. So, photography and music are like the two things that I stick around with like at a decent amount of time. See, but like nice. I try to do so much other stuff that I've like gone into for like a year and then like kind of stopped. Damn, respect to you. Couldn't be me. Mm-hmm. 
Any uh, particularly cool stories you can share with us that have happened at any uh, live shows that you've been to, either as an attendee mm-hmm. or as a photographer? Um, oh, here's an interesting one that just popped in my head. So an- another band that I was really, this would probably be number four, um, would be AFI. Oh, and I was a big okay. AFI fan very growing cool. up. Oh, all right. And Because um, I was a very angsty teenager in high school, so <laughs> AFI was the music that I always and um, I didn't see AFI like in live until like ten years after the fact. I remember Unreal. like the first time I went to an AFI concert, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it didn't see AFI for years. It was the most anticlimactic thing ever. Because <laughs> I was you just hate like, those? you know, I, yeah, it's like you grow up and then you kind of like you're not the kid anymore that you used to be. And like it was really cool, fun. I show and I knew the words to all the songs, but it just wasn't what I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that was like an interesting experience that I thought was like a revelation for me. I guess. It makes you kind of wonder if like, maybe like you had to be in that right mindset. Maybe mm-hmm. if you had seen him while you were still super into that. Oh, like, I would have lost my it shit. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, when I was a freshman in high school, I thought Chevelle was great. I would have mm-hmm. killed to see, you know, now I, I'm just like, I, uh, I, yeah, another band that I was really into in high school that I did see when I was in high school was, uh, um, oh wow, I can't think of it. System <clears throat> of a Down. System okay. of a Down was, a, I was, I was really into System of a Down. My whole family, my dad was my nice, crazy System of a Down fans, and I remember seeing them in high school, and I actually did lose my shit because like that's awesome. It was really funny, and like I think if I would have seen AFI during that age in my life, then I probably equally my shit but like just a moment now was like a pretty pretty big man in my life as well that's what i'm talking about uh sell it on dream suite with another banger what does vaporwave mean to you and how do you incorporate incorporate Ooh, that into your albums and tracks to me vaporwave is i like it's so hard to explain what it is like to people so like the way i like to like tell what vaporwave is people who have no idea what it's like, it's like anything nostalgia that has to do with like tech, like tech nostalgia. Okay, that's, that's a how good. I think of it. Yeah. Okay. It's All like right, tech yeah. nostalgia, so not necessarily like '80s or '90s, but it's like what is old tech that gives you nostalgia? So like, so happens for us, it was like old computer, PlayStation One, and <laughs> and like those those old are the, TV that's the tech shows, that inspires you know? me, like old TV shows, and like. Like, I think people, like, had different childhoods and, like, they had different tech in their life they yeah. are drawn to uh-huh. that other people probably didn't have as much in their lives. So, like, you see the people who are, like, super into, like, old video game tech. Yeah. yeah. I was inspired yeah. by that. Other people are inspired by TV shows. Other people are inspired by the music that came out there. And, like, I think, like, uh, like, just the old tech of, like, the media and the tech that was nostalgia for you at the time. I think that's kind of like what Vaporwave is. And I think that's what's going to continue to be as time goes on, as the kids grow up in their nostalgia for 2000s tech, 2010s tech mm-hmm. is going to be their Vaporwave. Yeah, man, that's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. I mean, I maybe yeah, like, like came across my mind, but not in so succinct a phrase. That makes sense. Um, How important to you is fan feedback um i like it 
Um, fan feedback. I don't know. It's like, um, I think it's important. I think it's like how important it is. So like me as like um, this tape being um, the biggest release I've ever had. And I think it's sold out. I'm not sure. Is it sold out, um, Alex? Yeah, Alex is in chat. I'm not sure. There's still a few tapes left. There weren't very many at the tape swap, and I meant to get one and fucking forgot. All the ones at the tape swap sold out, but, like, I think... I'm not sure if he has any tapes left in stock, but just, like, um... Like, this being, like, the music that I finally put out... I've been putting out a lot of music, and, um... Well, not a lot of music. I've been putting out music for a while, since, like, 2018, and, like to like kind of put things out there and get nothing back it's been kind of like i would say not demoralizing but it's a little bit like you kind of just hope somebody would find, figure it out yeah and at some point but like oh there's six left y'all better run it up get those last six those yeah, so, yeah okay so there's tapes left so like hearing about people um like listening to my music and then buying the tapes and like that kind of feedback it's like oh wow so i'm doing something right and i think it's like a lot i think a lot of it has to do with the community like going back up to that it's like more so than me as a producer or an artist or my skills in general like if it wasn't for the community that i kind of like established my part of and like met with people within i feel like a lot of the people would still not know who i am <laughs> yeah so, man you, you've like, definitely think, like, done the networking part like, right yeah, I feel like like the, the the feedback is pretty important as far as like like seeing gauging where you're at as far as like you establishing yourself with some. Very well said. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. I think so. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you've got to be open to feedback, right? But you know, obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of unsolicited feedback that you'll get from people who are in no way qualified to give it, and maybe you just shut that out or. You know, I don't know. Um, I try not to like, you know. I'm sorry. What was your question again? I had to think about this. Well, <laughs> well, I didn't really make a question. I just kind of, okay. you know, kind of like mused that, um, you know, I mean, obviously, like, I know some artists that that somebody will say some dumb shit in their like band camp. That's like not mm-hmm. helpful, not relevant, and it's just like, dude, like, why did you even, you know? Yeah, it's just like. Some I, of the- know, I, I feel like it's like I, I I'm like aware of there's like toxic positivity in the world. Yeah, but that I think too. being negative like never really helps most cases, and it's like like being negative is just it's really um, I don't know. It's just like it's, I don't like negativity. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard to say. <laughs> it's like a yeah. It's like um like being like. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's you. You get like a lot more saying nothing at all than to like kind of bitch and complain about something. Even though, yeah, it's, it sucks for a lot of people. It's just like it takes time. I think a lot of people are impatient, and it takes time. Like, like, and like you hear about the people who kind of explode and like kind of sensation, but like yeah. a lot of the times, like you think that it's an overnight sensation, but you don't know that these people have probably been working years trying to get that screaming into the void for years yeah yeah yeah. you don't even you don't even know that and like and that's like nearly everybody you just never hear about that yeah so like i I think like it's it really just takes patience and then like really really 
and like if, if and then trying to find a community if you don't have one like really like, like kind of boost yeah. up your peers like talk about other people like don't be so selfish like really like talk about other people's music have support and and kind of lift up your fellow musicians and peers and artists and like these are wise words because you expect them to get anything back to you but just because it's you know it's kind of i i don't want to say i believe in karma but i kind of do so like you know it's just yeah good, it's just good vibes like people see people who like kind of like i don't know <laughs> no dude that that was solid gold so many people like not just our server but so many people jump in a discord server and then like get mad <clears throat> that they're not like getting yeah, like, like luxury like, elite like, style views overnight and it's like dude you don't understand so many of these yeah. people you think they just showed up and like you said they've actually been at it for years yeah for sure definitely man we're down to our last five minutes um anything you want to say promote shout out or or just like um, anything you want go for it so anybody in southern california i will be playing at a solar punk show uh Ooh, fuck what yeah. is it where is that? Um, let me find the Instagram. Uh, I think it's uh, Friday, September 22nd. Okay. Um, it's going to be in LA. There's like kind of a pop-up solar punk garden. And it's like a whole week-long event that they're doing next week. I wow. I get the link for it. All here. week. Yeah, but I will be playing Friday with Ree and Frank Jeffsy. Initial oh, nice. Ree and Frank Jeffsy. Initial Ree and Frank Jeffsy. Both two very so cool people. Pop a link in here once I get to it. And, and then the day after, perfect. I will be shooting Crystal Nostalgia with oh. 3D Blast, Nano Shrine, Data Girl, Unbelievable um, all out Breaks and Groovy Kaijo. So, like, these all guys that were playing at the Tape Soul 3 in New York are Goated all the team of people. For, um, for Crystal Nostalgia that Saturday. So, I'll be there shooting that. So, if you go through, I'll take pictures. Nice. Damn. I can't wait to go to a Crystal Nostalgia. I mean, I miss the West Coast. Here, I can't. I bet of. they're fucking phenomenal. I can't wait to to go and then of course naoko coed's been dropping your band camp all night long shout out naoko oh, thank you so much so hopefully we get some we move some units tonight anything yeah, else man. before we wrap up um i think that's it dog <laughs> thank me. you so much for joining thank us you so much. obviously we've been friends for a while i've wanted to have you on for a long time i'm glad yes, we finally definitely. did this um skelly do you want to go first anything you got in yeah, the works sure uh obviously october 6th in madison wisconsin is season of the glitch the midwest acidic rave festival that is going to be happening including myself myself sound market frank jassy um mr boyfriend young shiro global chill incopath christ um uh, coyote and saint and that is going to be in madison wisconsin october 6th at um the uh what's the place called again crucible the crucible which apparently is like a dungeony goth club so that's gonna be amazing yeah this guy saw the footage of the recap of the last you saw the footage of the recap of the last one looks fucking amazing i'm very excited i'll be playing live uh with some old music and a bunch of new music as well very excited to be playing that uh also there's gonna be a um i guess a compilation coming out with the artists on that and uh, I just submitted my song to that, so that new song will be coming out on uh, August 6th as well. So I have that done. And then, of course, um, Flamingo Fest. We'll be playing Flamingo yeah, Fest buddy. on day one at uh, High Tide, which Boys. is the opening ceremony day one. And that's going to be on November 3rd in LA at High Tide for day one of Flamingo Fest. It's going to be myself and 
Frank Jazz, C, C Nano Shrine, Groovy Kaiju, iClick, uh, King Quartz, Panic Pop. Well, else is going to be like Crystal Eternal, um, Strip Silence, yeah, Strip Silence, obviously. The yeah, right now also going to be, also gonna be there. Um, who else is going to be there? Bunch of other people. Um, I'm opening. I'm the opening, I, I, one of the I opening was about DJs. To say, and the opening DJ, one of the opening DJs, is going to be. Well, it's like the opening DJ is going to be you and um, Groove Remote as well, right? Yeah. And uh, Future Funk Monthly. So wow, like three really outstanding curators going to be DJing the opening for that. Awesome. And then um, my new album is actually done. Uh, I just sent Ooh. it to Fire Tools to uh, do the mastering and. Uh, uh, Angel just, tools. I just sent yep, to Fire Tools Fire to tools. the mastering, and but I asked Angel to give me some recommendations first on to fix some to fix some things first. So I just got those recommendations back from Angel, and I'm working on just fixing some frequencies, and then I send it back to her to uh, finish the mastering. So that's about done almost. Hope oh, I got trying to get that in to you know. To got Alex the ticket before. link up. I'd like to get that into Alex before in the next couple weeks or so, hopefully. All right, Alex. Okay, hell yeah, love what I'm hearing. I'll truncate uh, the uh, the Midwest aesthetic uh, uh, season of the glitch. I'll be there. Uh, Dark synth, bring it. It's gonna be nuts. Let's go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go absolutely nuts. Um, Terminator beats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna be there, of course. At uh, you know what Skelly said, um, uh, Flamingo Fest. Uh, got a set that I did for uh, Lacquaintances, formerly known as Holloway Tapes. 20 minutes of Outrun Synthwave. It's on my SoundCloud. Definitely worth checking out if you like the Midnight, Gunship, that sort of thing. Um, and then I uh, did a D- did that set at the Tape Swap. Uh, had had a lot of fun. 20 minutes of Bubblegum Bass. I was right between the homies Strip Silence and Luxury Noise. We we had fun. We, we, we goofed off and had a great time down there in that basement. Shout out Indy and, and Ronnie and Alex and uh, Chief for setting that up. Uh, got a show on Friday in Columbus, Ohio. It's called Crystal Nostalgia Genesis, being set up by Crystal Eternal. I'm playing alongside OK Baby and Simple Syrup. Uh, only twelve dollars. It's down at Cafe uh, Bourbon Street, Columbus, Ohio. You should check it out. Um, can't wait to, to to play some Future Funk and jump up and down a bunch. Uh, and then a uh, a two yet be announced show in mid October, another Midwest state, not Madison, Wisconsin, but another Midwest state. We'll be playing alongside a couple heavyweights. Can't talk about that one yet, but it's coming soon. Uh, and uh, we got actually a fan uh, who's got a live stream URL set. The homie Roche Corp is putting on a live stream URL hey. set, and I've seen the lineup, oh, yeah. and it is fat. October twenty first, twenty performers. I wanted to, pr- I wanted to participate, but I just I'm too busy. Like people actually want to book Young Shiro now, so I'm too busy. Uh, the lineup <laughs> is really sick. Keep an eye out for the reveal. Um, I'm really regretting not participating because he got he pulled some real heavyweights and some great up and comers too. So definitely check out Roge Fests to uh, to be announced festival. And then um, you know that's it for us tonight. Thank you so much for coming out to be with us, Ognos. Uh, it's been a long time uh, coming, and thank all. you guys for tuning in Gosh, and participating. Uh, to, to Rosewood and to oh, Alex, sh- my partner. Thank you so much. I love you. Oh yeah. And uh, thanks everyone. Absolutely. Thank you guys uh, so much for having me here. Another shout-out to Indie Advent. We couldn't do this show if it weren't for Indie. This broadcast was made possible because of them. Uh, here's their socials one more time. And then, um, yeah, look for us on YouTube. Follow us our, follow our socials. I linked them just a second ago. If you feel like donating, no pressure, but we don't make money off of this. When we do make money, we put it right back into the show. That's it. Uh, right. But, guys, thank you so much for coming out and showing some love for Ognos. 
Uh, thank you for coming out on a non-normal night as well. We will be back yeah. Monday, um, September 25, with uh, another Rosewood homie. One and, and another Pacific Plaza alum, uh, Pop Culture, will be yep. joining us. So running up in two weeks for Pop Culture. Have a lovely night, and we're going to watch the ad for the uh, Crystal Nostalgia show. See you all next time.